Welcome to episode number 33 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. And today we will be going to prom. I am your host, Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from Sports Creek, Waterdown, Canada, Michigan, Ontario, United States, <laughs> Africa. <laughs> Africa. Yes, Africa. <laughs> and my date for the prom today is the one and only Heather Powell coming to you from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada, who's only going to prom with Scott if he promises pot, booze, and booty. Unless and I got I, all I'm those in spades. All of those three things, I'm not going to prom. Um, but after prom for the booty, because I don't want my hair to get messed up, as we've learned from our prom movies that we watched, hair is extremely important in all of these films. Well, <laughs> like to an had. extent, I guess. <laughs> I like, did. did you not hear all the chicks in all these films at some point talk about their hair? It was the True. funniest shit ever. But there um, is one movie where they jump right in the pool while they're dressed in their prom outfit. And I'm going, that woman just spent like almost 80 bucks on her hair and she just jumped in the pool. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You make a point. Um, so anyway, we are, we are talking about prom, which... It's a big deal in the United States. In Canada, we have something called semi-formals, which usually happen in February, March. And then we have graduation dances. So you don't have a, I think prom you have every year and you can go as like a, what is a freshman, a junior? Nope. It's uh, at least at my school. And I believe a couple others, prom starts our junior and senior years. Okay. So only juniors and seniors can go. So for our semi-formals, um, we didn't call it junior and senior or sophomore or any of that shit. We just called it grade 10, 9, 11, 12. And you like the grade 12s would get first crack at tickets. And then the grade 11s would for semi-formals. And then the grade 12s or OACs had a graduation dance, which is where, where there was a full meal um, and a dance afterwards. So yeah, that, that's pretty much prom. Funny story where I had my graduation dance. I had my first wedding. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was great. Like I was, you know, I had a much better time at my wedding. The marriage sucked, but the <laughs> wedding was fucking jokes. It was pretty fucking awesome. But anyway, um, it was a really nice hall because it was right by our high school. And it was it was one of those like elite halls. Like, you know, when you like live in a town and there's always the halls that people are like, oh, that hall. I don't yeah. know if you have that. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So that's where we had our graduation. And it was a pretty big deal. And we had some pretty awesome semi-formals, but they were just dances. There wasn't dinner or anything attached to it. It was just dances. Um, and it sounds like your semi-formals were basically our homecoming dances. Probably. Yeah. And we uh, had those every year. We took limos there. I would always organize a limo. Um, I was the one that did that and we would all meet at my house and we would all take the limo. And surprisingly enough, I didn't really drink at prom. I think I was afraid of getting in trouble and I didn't really drink and I didn't go after anywhere afterwards for a prom party, except for, I think, graduation. 
I did. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, because like this thing is the same thing for me. I think I smoked down before I went into prom, but I never drank. And then yeah. I had uh, my date for both proms was my girlfriend for the, for the couple of years. And her parents wanted her home like before the prom even ended. So we never got to go to any like after prom party or anything like that. Yeah, right. Like I went to a couple of boyfriends prom or semi-formals. I shouldn't say prom, semi-formals. Um, and they were fine. Like, I, I think there was one where I did drink maybe cause he was a big drinker, but I was always so afraid of doing it my own. Cause I didn't want to get caught and get right. in trouble because they made a real big deal. And I was still a pretty good kid. Like I drank on the weekends and shit, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to cross the line if you get what I'm putting down. Oh, I get um, what you're putting down. Right. <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of followed the rules a little bit, but prom is such a fucking big deal. And I was surprised watching some of these movies one of them particularly was just god awful but the other ones like they really <laughs> do capture how like it seems like this is a big event the dress the the date who's taking you prom proposals and all that other shit that's now become a thing like did you ever like did with your girlfriend was it just assumed or you're like hey we're going like um yeah because my girlfriend at the time went to a different school than i did so okay. basically like we only seen each other after school and i was just like hey prom's coming up you want to go yeah like it wasn't like uh I, I I've seen in person like you know people asking others in our school to go to prom with them and stuff like that and some people went uh elaborate with it and like you know had like friends holding signs it's almost kind of like someone proposing to get married almost in a way like just yeah. having friends holding signs saying would you go to prom with me and shit like that like I've seen that in person but yeah for me it wasn't because yeah like the girl I was going with at the time was from a completely different school well yeah she was your girlfriend and I guess you probably assumed she was going to want to go with you anyway <laughs> yeah it was just I had to get the parents permission and the parents hated me so that was uh, always fun oh man that's tough I don't know why they would hate you like you would be the kind of person that they would like well the older me yes teenage me looked like stoner goth kid trying to like troublemaker uh but you probably weren't a troublemaker were you not really i mean obviously like party guy but not really but the parents were super christian religious type uh i see so you were the bad boy yeah and plus no. i smoked <laughs> I never thought you and bad boy would ever <laughs> right well i was gonna say plus i was like a <laughs> smoker back then so i was like smoking cigarettes at like the age of like 17 oh, like you're so badass <laughs> yeah i was i was such the, i was the cool kid <laughs> you were right um and did you get your data corsage Oh yeah. Yep. I got her the cassage and, uh, like pretty much did the whole shebang. Like I think the first, uh, prom I ended up borrowing my stepdad's, uh, 66 Buick Riviera. So, you know, old school, hot rod, all done up, cherry red, beautiful car. And, uh, the funny thing is this is before GPS and this was in a place I had never been before and was almost an hour away from our, where I lived. So why and did they book your prom so far away? I have no freaking idea. And my friends, a couple of my friends knew how to get out there. So we pretty much followed them the whole way out there. And then since I had to take her home early, I had to leave before them. And I had to try finding my way home. We ended up getting lost for about two hours, driving back roads, not knowing where the hell I was. Oh, yeah, I was you got lost mom. for about two hours. <laughs> high five, high five. <laughs> high five, high five. <laughs> Oh, but oh. her parents were pissed because she got home like an hour and a half late because we oh, couldn't find. Oh, I bet find they it. were pissed, and they were, <laughs> and you, and then she told them you guys got lost down back roads, and I'm sure that just because we all know the most important thing to a young girl is her virginity. Absolutely, we yes. must make sure that is kept intact. There was thick, 
thick sarcasm attached to that, just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah, you like it thick. Wait, what? Fuck. I just so <laughs> this whole anyway, the whole sex thing when you're a teenager just gets on my nerves. But that's not what we're talking about. Though I guess prom and getting banged does kind of go hand in hand. I remember the first semi-formal I went to, I went and bought this really like sexy dress. It was this red short thing that like covered my boobs, obviously, because uh, really, yeah, I was just like sticking my tits out, like a scarecrow. Um, and then it went down to just above my knee, and then was covered with black lace. So it had black lace on the shoulders. I'm gonna share the prom pictures, much like Scott is. We're gonna share our semi-formal or prom pictures to the page. Oh God, I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, so anyway, I went with my boyfriend at the time, who I had been dating, my first boyfriend, who I had been dating for I think like two or three months at the time, and uh, he bought me this beautiful red corsage. Like it was actually really, really nice and i got him a boutonniere because my mom's like you need to get him a boutonniere i'm like i do she's like yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i got my hair done and all that kind of stuff and we're at semi-formal and we're dancing and he tells me that he loves me and i said to him you're special to me (laughs) 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 oh that is great because like i i didn't know what to say (laughs) So was I like one of your first serious uh, oh, yeah. boyfriends? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and I really liked him just so we're clear. And I still, I still like him. He's actually a really good dude. He's, he's married with three boys all have red hair, just like him. God bless him and his wife. Oh, that must be a lot of work. Um, but it was, you know, it was funny because we, we were together for after that for another six months. And he was the guy that I lost my virginity to. Um, and he lost his virginity to me too, actually. We were both. Oh, nice. Aww. Yeah. Um, and he was a really nice dude. He really was. And he handled that really well. Like, I think he just knew that I was caught off guard. And he wasn't offended, um, which I thought was pretty mature to not yeah. like, cause really like someone tells you that they love you and you're like, <laughs> you're special to me. Like that's, that's kind of shitty. Right. But, but in the really same way, cool. uh, when you say you're special to me, it basically means I love you. It is right. And I do. And I, you know, to what I could at 16 years old, I absolutely did. I think love has different degrees of love. I think yeah. love for somebody grows as you get more mature, but I think at that age, of course I loved him. There was a couple of boyfriends that I definitely fell head over heels for him and a guy I dated in grade 12 out of my high school dating because I did date a lot in high school um would have been the two dudes I think I was like in love with you could say um and I went with my ex-boyfriend to his grad and semi-formal and we were dancing at a semi-formal in grade 12 and I had a teacher come up to us and tell us to leave some room for the holy spirit because I was grinding (laughs) too hard on him oh that is great so you were like that even back then oh yeah nothing's changed Scotty like nothing's changed. I, I would probably say to you, my behavior is about the same, <laughs> only I'm more confident now. That's the only thing that's changed is I'm more confident and I give less fucks. So I've just gotten more like, sure. You want to do it at the back of the bar? Let's go to the fucking back of the bar. Don't be running your mouth. If you're not going to put out like that, <laughs> or like, when I guy be like, Hey, yeah, I take you home. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go? All right, let's go. And they're like, Oh, I don't know now. <laughs> great you know and uh, i think that's the problem i've become super like all right cool let's 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 do it and people are like oh they're like oh i don't know i did not expect this reaction like you know time for this shit it's like my girlfriends will get intimidated if like a man stares at them i just stare back right i love it i think it's great like i'll be driving i'll feel dudes like eyes on me and i just slowly turn my head and i stare right back <laughs> and we <laughs> 
fun. It's great. Oh, you cracked me I don't think it offensive either. But some dude's checking me out or or chick. I'm like, hey, thanks. It doesn't bother right? me. Yet again, it doesn't bother me. I respect that it may bother other people. For me, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but yeah, no, semi-formals and proms. It was good times. I'm excited to go over these movies and to like explore other people's prom stories. Um, so I guess you only went to two, you're saying. You didn't go any more well, than that? Nope, I did go to a couple more. Uh, let's okay. see. I think I actually brought this. I might have brought this up on the show or it might have been on our break. But uh, there is my two proms, junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. Then after I got out of high school. Oh, no, no, this is OK. This is a similar story to what I brought up before. Um, but yeah, after I graduated and my girlfriend and I broke up, I took her tw- or yeah, her twin sister asked me to prom. Oh, like the same one that you went to the movies with? Yes. You scoundrel. <laughs> You're such a scoundrel, Scotty. Oh, I mean, well, I was asked. I I'm think we need no. to do a picture of you with two twins on each arm. Like a twin on one arm, a twin on the other. Darren, I, you're on it. I think I'm thinking Darren can pull that off. And I, I actually like, think I might actually have the prom pictures from me with both of uh, the sisters. You are such a scoundrel. Honestly, Scotty. <laughs> I don't know. Do ladies know about what the player that you are? Hey, can't hate the player. You got to hate the game. You got to hate the game. So why don't we break into our 2021 movies? Look, Scott, I'm getting better at saying 2021. I'm so proud of you. 2020 all the time. Now, I don't know. Have you seen any of these movies or... Um, actually every movie that I added did not show up on the list there. So I'll have to use my phone. Oh, you did add some. Yeah, I added them and they just didn't, uh, save for some reason. Okay. Did you want to go with one of yours first? Or do you want me to just Um, start with what we have here and we'll just go back and forth? Uh, you go ahead because I got to pull my list up. Yeah, you pull it up. All right. So the first one we're going to talk about is Built to Kill. It's an anthology. Um, it's about people it, the tagline is it's a edgy hyper stylish horror anthology about people pushed pulled and driven to kill so it has a couple of different short stories in it um i recommended it to brandon orlick from the exploding heads podcast and he hated it uh a lot i personally didn't hate it i thought it was okay uh it's i really like anthologies though maybe that's why the stories are fine the wraparound is there really isn't a wraparound it's just a collection of really short stories it kind of reminds me of something that you would see at a film festival where they kind of submit a various of short films it's international directors it's available on amazon prime video and amazon um video too so if you have prime you get it if you don't have prime you can rent it I would say if if you really like anthologies, check this one out. Only if you really like anthologies. If you don't, don't bother. Um, I don't think you're really gonna miss anything. Um, a one ninety nine two ninety nine rental is is fair. Yeah, this is one I remember you were talking about. I if I get a chance, I will definitely have to check this out just out of curiosity. To plus it's anthologies, and you know I love anthologies. Well, and we could do an anthology award, right? Yeah. So this may, depending what other anthologies come out this year, this may be a pretty strong contender. Because I said I enjoyed it, right? Yet again, right. I'm I'm telling people that they may not like it because Brandon disliked it so much. It's made me kind of second guess. 
um, how good it is. But well, I honestly also, found it enjoyable. He also disliked Mortuary Collection, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. So maybe he just only likes anthologies from the 70s. <laughs> right. So, yeah. But anyway, um, what what you watched this one. I haven't seen this one, and I kind of wasn't sure whether I should or not. So Yep. Uh, yeah, so the next one that I watched is The Boys of County Hell, which is uh, released on Shudder, so it's a Shudder exclusive. I'm not sure if it's on Canadian Shutter, but uh, hopefully it is. Like, because I think this one is worth a watch. It's it's a a horror comedy that's light on the comedy, but it's an Irish vampire story. And I found this to be like a very uh, entertaining movie. Like, it's not going to be like top ten material for most people, but it's I I found the acting to be good. I found the kills to be good. The comedy, when it's there, hits and actually made me chuckle quite a few times. Like, the closest thing I can think of is Shaun of the Dead, like, as a comparison. But Shaun of the Dead, I feel, has a little more comedy. But where I feel the comedy comes from the characters and the dialogue they say and not, like, the slapsticky style humor. And so I think it works really well that way because when the horror hits, it's actually horror. And it's kind of, like, actually, you know, scary for a horror film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I recommend this one. I found it to be very entertaining. And uh, I think it's worth checking out, especially if you dig, like, horror comedies. Well, and it's on Shudder, right? So it's a free watch on Shudder if you have Shudder. Yes, Right. So I haven't checked to see if it's available Shutter Canada. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. It probably is. I believe it's also available on Shutter Prime as well. So for those of the people who have just the uh, the Shutter Prime option, which I don't really know if I dig that option because you kind of don't get everything that yeah, only, Shutter has, right? You only get select. Yeah, it's like the selection from the Prime version is very like limited compared to what's actually on the app. It's really weird. I'm just double checking here. Oh, it's not coming up when I'm searching it. Is that the name? The Boys of Country Hell? Uh, Boys of County Hell. County Hell. Oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. Okay. County Hell. Let's see here. No, still not coming up for me. Hmm, Maybe we don't have it on Canadian Shutter. Maybe it's just an American Shutter thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Shutter really hasn't been hitting it out of the park yet with their their exclusive. Like, they've all been okay. Yep, I think my favorite one of theirs so far was the uh indonesian horror film that we watched earlier that i can't remember off the top of my head yeah you know what that's funny i was thinking the same one the queen of black magic yes queen of black magic yeah i think that's been the best one so far and that was early on yeah i thought that one was really good too like the power was fine but i agree very much with tim davis's and uh Daniel Luffy's review off of Horror for Dummies. Yes. I listened to their raw episode, which by the way, if you're not listening to Horror for Dummies, please check them out. They're an awesome Aussie podcast and they have something for everyone now with their different uh, channels on YouTube as well as their different show themes. And I, I think they made some really valid points about the power. Like not a bad movie, absolutely not a bad no. film, but like very like, <laughs> like I agree with Daniel. He's like, you know, did we have to have this storyline? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, like it, it's, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, I fucking get it. And I don't mean to be insensitive to what the topic is. Um, but yeah, like it's just, I feel like, you know what? I'm sure good things are left to come for Shudder. I'm sure it's just the beginning. We're only in May, May 1st. We have lots of time to go and something will knock our socks off for sure. Yep, I hope so. But right now, Netflix with, um, what was it? All My Friends Are Dead is probably one of my favorite. I think All My Friends Are Dead right now is my current favorite release between the major popular services. Oh, so, nice. you know, between Netflix Prime and uh, Shudder, All My Friends Are Dead right now is my favorite that's available through those services. Nice. I just yeah. think 
And Slack is up there too on Shutter as well. I really like Slack, which is funny. Two horror comedies are the ones that I prefer the most right now. Well, I'll say you do dig a lot of the horror comedies though. Like the hu- a lot do. of the humor really hits with you. Because I'm a child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about is The Inheritance. Um, this is an uncorked film and it's, and it's an uncorked film. So if you've seen, <laughs> if you've seen uncorked films, you know what you're walking into here. It's an 87-minute runtime. Um, a woman's inheritance leaves her to Eastern Europe. <laughs> like, they don't even give the fucking country. Just Eastern Europe. To <laughs> Just like Africa. Dark, fucking like Africa. Uh, uh, to un- undercover a dark and disturbing family secret. The family secret is not a shock. Okay, none of this movie was a shock. I will give it credit. The acting was probably better than other films that Uncorked has picked up. This was definitely one of the more like well-acted artsy films that Uncorked has picked up. Definitely had more money put into it. Um, you know, all those things there, but it's very much a, a, a tale that we've seen before. Um, woman goes to house that she inherited, dark family secret, ghosts, yada, yada, yada. Like it's, it's nothing that's going to make you be like, um (laughs) do i recommend it if you really dig ghost stories a lot um if you really like slow burns yes but you really have to like ghost stories very heavy dialogue and slow burns if those are for you then i would say this would be worth a 2.99 or 3.99 rental if not skip this one uh it's not available anywhere yet it says on letterbox but it will probably be dropping on youtube google play itunes the usual suspects um all right and um, i don't think this will be picked up by shutter or any other streaming services personally but i could be wrong yeah i was gonna say and uh would you recommend i watch this for our uncorked awards no um that's a good question <laughs> yeah probably All right. yeah because the acting is actually pretty good okay. um and you may like it more than i did like i i now mind you i saw it a little while ago too so right um not a bad film not not a bad film at all it's just the plot lines kind of i'm finding we're seeing a lot of recycling of plot lines yes like, are you that, noticing that too yeah well and you'll notice that is a trend like when something especially when there is a mainstream movie that hits that popularity then a lot of the lower budgets kind of copy that formula yeah and it just and they'll do it until it's beaten to death and then they'll move on to the next thing that's popular it just it's kind of a it's very cyclical like that it uh kind of like video games video games do the same thing like oh something really big and popular was successful let's kind of imitate that same style yeah i agree with you i think that's definitely what we're seeing right now um yeah like we'll get a lot of uh pandemic movies coming up very soon i'm sure oh god are we ever um so yeah the next one you've seen i have not seen this one uh yes so yeah the next one is jacob's wife which uh stars larry fessenden and also the lovely barbara crampton um hey she's getting around huh yeah she like she is definitely uh getting on a lot of these uh interesting horror films and like yeah, her she's had that amazing resurgence ever since uh Year Next, which was the first movie she came back for in over I think 15, 20 years. Mm. And then since then she's just had this amazing resurgence. And like you said before, like I think her as as an actor, I think her uh acting skills have just gotten better as she's aged. Yeah, and and Sander, I get that you love Barbara Crampton and that no one can say a bad thing about Barbara Crampton. Her acting was not that good when she was younger compared to now. And that is not an insult to Barbara Crampton. That is a compliment. 
that she has been able to develop her acting skills. I'm not saying she was a bad actress when she was younger. She was just relying on her looks. And why wouldn't she? She was beautiful. And that's what mattered in that time yeah. frame. Well, and she was also like, I think before she got into horror films, was a soap opera star. So that explains yes. a lot of her acting style from back then. Absolutely. And you know what? Her looks were were marketable. Yeah. She made money on her looks. She made money on going topless. And I 100% re- respect and support that. Like that's how she was making her money. But it wasn't her acting that people were going to go see. Okay. No one was watching Barbara Crampton because they thought she was such a great dramatic actor. But watching her now in films, I really believe her characters that she plays. I think she's smart with the collect characters that she's casted in, with the exception of that constable that she was the Oh, Irish and, uh, in the uh, sacrifice? Yeah, like she was fine. Like she wasn't horrible or anything like that. But, you know, when um, we are still here, like she oh, was yeah. fucking phenomenal in that film. And you're next. She was great in that too. And I, it's really exciting to see her come back, still be beautiful and be talented. Like to yes. have it both. I think that just speaks to her being more than just a pair of boobs, you know? And I think that's really awesome. Yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for her for even coming back and doing this again. And, uh, but yeah, like this movie, uh, it's very, uh, interesting. Cause I, it seems like it would have been right up my alley because, for one, I, I'm a big fan of Larry Fessenden and a big fan of Barbara Crampton. Oh, yeah. And the makeup effects were done by the guy that did uh, We Are Still Here's effects. Oh, nice. Um, But there was something missing from the story. And this is the other part that should have sold me. It kind of focuses on relationship. Okay. And a struggling relationship in a way. And, like, I thought the movie was good, but... I wasn't as blown as blown away as I was hoping I would be. Um, I'm kind of leaving it like being skeptical because I'm not wanting to spoil what the movie is about for the most part. Well, it has a pretty high rating on Letterboxd. It's that sitting at a 3.1. Yeah, I would probably give it about a seven, seven and a half. Like I, oh, okay. I did That's enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping to be higher on it, like because I was kind of excited for this movie, but uh. Yeah, it was it was enjoyable, um, but it was uh, I would say it's the acting of Larry Fessenden and Barbara Crampton that carried this film more than anything else. Well, that's exciting. It's a 98 minute runtime. Uh, pretty high praise on Letterboxd. Decent praise from Scotty. It's available on iTunes, Google, Voodoo, YouTube and Microsoft Score Store. What do you recommend the rental price, uh, Scotty? I would say this is worth like the five dollar style rentals. Okay. Yeah, and I'd be honest, because yeah, I think it was just like released on VOD straight up, like you were saying. And uh, yeah, I'd say it's worth like a five dollar rental. It's a good movie, and it's uh, it's got a it's a quick paced film, so it doesn't like last too long and like overstay its welcome. Okay, good to know. I will check it out probably then. It sounds like yeah. it's worth it. I recommend you watch it. You like you might even like it more than I do, but like yeah, there was something that just didn't hit for me to make it like a eight or nine out of ten. Awesome. Uh, The next one is Well the Wolf's Away. Uh, So this is a foreign film. It's a Spanish film. So it's I kind of was hoping that this would be last year's Werewolf. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's not <laughs> um it has young kids in it which the similarity is it is a very well done film this was a 2017 film that just got a mainstream t- release in 2021 
Um, and I think the reason why is because it's a long film. It's 123 minute long runtime. And I think this is just a film that got looked over. I think this was a film that kind of, you know, it is a little bit slower and maybe people were like, oh, it's slow. I'm not going to watch it. It's not going to be something I'm going to like, blah, 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 blah. And it is really well done. It is definitely a slow burn. There is a lot of character development. Um, the payoff may not be what everyone likes, but it's pretty high up on my list. I would give it probably an eight to an 8.5 out of 10. Oh, wow. Um, something I'll probably talk about at the end of the year. I don't know if it will be on my top 10, but it was definitely well acted. You were invested in the characters. You cared about these kids. These kids all had acting chops and it's, it's available on DirecTV, Pantea and Pantena Amazon channel. So one of those specialty Amazon channels. Wow. I never even heard of that one. I guess it's a new one. So if you're going to rent this, I would easily say a $3.99 to $5.99 rental. If you like slow burns, if you enjoy kid centric films, similar to the werewolf and how it focuses on children or werewolf and how it focuses on children, then I would check this one out. Yes, Scotty, I think you should watch it when you have some time. Awesome. I will definitely do that then. Cause yeah, I, you know me, I'm trying to, I've been looking for more films to watch for 2021 and I'm just not finding things that catch my interest. I think you could even watch this with friends. All right. I like watching films with friends. Mm-hmm. 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 Now the next one is Death Ranch. Uh, this was a 2020 movie that was released this year. It's a 78 minute runtime. And it's basically based upon three African-American siblings who are on the run from the police in the 1970s, and they run into some KKK members. It is, uh, wow. It ca- I feel like, okay, I really like this movie a lot. And it's not because of the uh, political messages that it, that it shares. But the really? political messages that it shares, I feel like people are going to have a better time understanding because it's in the 70s. But I think the deeper meaning behind this movie is that nothing has fucking changed from the 70s. Yes. That there is still people that believe, and we still very much have Ku Klux Klan members. But that isn't rubbed in quote unquote your face for the people that are ultra sensitive to that kind of stuff. Um, it's just a really good, gory kind of, what would you say, survival? Uh, revenge. Revenge. And I will say film. like, low but low low budget revenge but low budget done really well fuck like they put they they didn't spend a lot of money on their sets they didn't spend a lot of money on their costumes but what they did was they were like let's make sure our practical effects are done fucking well and they were because this almost reminded me of shot on video style movies from back in the 80s like just the way it looks yeah to it yeah, like it Which was just, sense. yeah, it fit perfectly. And it felt like uh, the 70s exploitation style horror film. And Absolutely. Yeah, this was, I was really impressed by like just the quality of the film for being so low budget. And then, yeah, just like you're saying, the topic that is still fucking relevant today. And, you know, it is a movie that easily for, for me could win low budget of the year. Yes. And maybe in my top 10, because I thought that it was so well done uh, personally for me. I, I think this is a movie that is a hidden gem that people will probably skip over. And yes, some people may not like this film. It yeah. may not be your jam, but at a 78 minute runtime, 
the gore is if you want gore you're gonna get some gore yeah so it's there um if you like watching kkk members get their canuppins then it's Which for you like, made the plot me is, smile like a motherfucker the plot is very basic but it is a very you know emotional movie too it's it's yeah it's definitely and it captures a piece of the 70s really really well um really 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 recommend it yeah, this is a high recommend from both of us then. And, yeah, like, I thought the same thing. Let me just check to see where it's playing. Okay, so it is available on iTunes, Google Play, Voodoo, Microsoft Store, and YouTube. It is worth whatever rental you pay for this. Yep. 110%. Um, this will definitely be one that will be a, an underdog this year that is worth checking out. Yep, and this is definitely one that, like you're saying, pay any price. And it'll, I, I recommend, especially for these super low budget films, pay any price you can to rent it. Help these guys out because they deserve the money for this film. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, yeah, and I guess with the next one, should I leave this one to you, Scotty, mm-hmm. to talk about? Nope, because I never finished it. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, you shut it off. Yep. That tells you how much Scotty liked it. So this one is called The Boonies. It is a 2021 film. It is a 90 minute runtime. It's based on a group of dudes that go out camping for their bachelor party and run into cannibals, which is a really unique concept. So, so fresh. So no one's ever tried to do before. But that being said, um, it's okay. It has a 2.7 rating on Letterboxd. This was clearly someone's first attempt at filming and directing and writing. The acting is what you would expect for an indie type film. I think it's also really important when we talk about indie films, people understand the acting quality behind indie films. And we're not saying that indie actors are shitty. They are just working with slightly less material. Uh, Rebecca Reinhardt is currently filming... Um, a movie with Rob Mello. And they also made a movie called Embalmers. I work with Rebecca on the Summer Party Massacre. And I would argue that Rebecca is a great indie actress, but yeah. they're working with less stuff. And I think we kind of sit back on our big mighty horror sometimes and we're like, oh, stupid low budget. The acting sucked. Everything sucked. And that's fine. If you don't like indie films, you don't have to watch indie films. No one's going to put a gun to your head and make you watch indie films. But it takes a lot of balls to go out and make a movie. And I think with the boonies, they tried. I will 100 say, because I sat through this movie, they tried. There was one woman at the end who I was like, she's got some acting chops. And it's a shame that she doesn't show up till the end. Mm. She's the main antagonist. And I was like, man, she'll be another shit. Like someone's going to see her in this and go, this person is able to convey whatever emotions we need effectively. Do I recommend this film? Well, Scotty shot it off. How how far into it were you, Scotty, when you shut it off? I made it to about the 40 minute mark and decided I had enough. Um, Honestly, though, that is coming from someone now that has that my time has become very precious on what I watch because I don't have the option to watch. Like if I was at work and watching this, I probably would have plowed through it. No problem. Because I would have slept down in the background and while I'm doing other things. But being at home watching it, I'm going, I, I don't have time for this. Like it just no. wasn't enough for me. Like it wasn't yeah. holding my attention and kind of getting on my nerves. And that's fair. So what if we were doing an indie horror spec? Like our episode was just strictly on indie horror. Would you have continued to watch this? Yes. Okay. So that 
that Scott, thank you, Scotty, for backing up my point that I was making. This is oh, not yeah. a film that I think no, most people are going to love. But if you have a thing for indie horror and you like seeing indie stuff, and maybe you're a indie horror director yourself and you want to get an idea of what other people have done, I would say this is worth your time. If you are not like that, then I probably wouldn't bother. You're probably yep. not going to enjoy it. And I just want to be clear, like, because you, you know me, I do love certain indie films. This mm-hmm. one was just, I think it was the story itself that I just, well, yeah. it's atypical, right? Like there's yeah. nothing super unique about it. And I think you put it perfectly. If I could put this on at work and have it playing in the background, sure. But with the limited time and the access to 2021 movies that you and I are both blessed with um, through screeners and Shutter and Prime and Netflix and VODs, like there's a lot to choose from. Yeah. We're getting theatrical releases this year. You know, there's there's no shortage in films. And when you have to be a little bit more selective, films like this are going to be pushed over to the side. Mm-hmm. And and there's a reason why. You know, they're not as good. But do I think this was better than other indie films like The Resort? Absolutely. I, I 100% oh, okay. think this is more love and energy and time put into it. But yet again, you've got to really dig indie films a lot. So if indie films are for you, this is available on Flick fling in both canada and the united states and youtube in canada okay and finally the last one i think you've seen this one yes all right so i'll let you bring it in then all right so the next one is for the sake of vicious it's a weird title but the vicious part definitely fits um i can't remember i don't think this was a shutter exclusive i think this was just a vod one yeah it's vod um yeah, I'm not even gonna get into the plot because the plot just kind of goes batshit crazy, and other people get involved, and it, it's very strange. But mm-hmm. like, I have to say, like, I enjoyed it. Like, it was just kind of fun unraveling what the hell was going on between these characters, and like the mystery behind it all, and the over-the-top violence in some of these scenes was just like, for me who loves loves the gore and stuff like that, I was just kind of like grinning ear to ear because like, yeah, there's some just ridiculous violence in this movie and like i would say the acting is all pretty good too like it's strong actors for the most part and yeah mm-hmm. just i would say just a kind of fun roller coaster of a movie to get through because it's easy to watch it's the plot isn't confusing it's just crazy yeah that's a good way to describe it yeah it yeah, reminds what me of 12 hour shift with how crazy the plot was yes did it not give you that 12 hour shift feel it really did. Right? So if you watched 12 Hour Shift from last year and you enjoyed it, you may like For the Sake of Vicious. Um, I didn't really get the ending, but I got the rest of it. And I think there's some really good wondering who did what and if people are guilty of what they're being accused of. There's some really good, like you don't really know exactly what's happening. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. It's an 80 minute runtime and it has a 3.0 rating on Letterboxd. Yeah, I was saying it, it goes by pretty quickly. And the one thing I will say is uh, about the whole uh, who do you believe? It's uh, the storyline kind of plays the whole uh, each side has their own story. Yes, very and much it's so. Very interesting how it's played out. It is. It's very interesting. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought it was a really fun film. Um, I I don't know. It, I don't think it'll be on my top 10. No, I don't think it'll be on mine either. It might be my, I, it might be my top 20. Yeah, it could be. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's still a lot of films to come this year, right? And we're yeah. getting more theatrical releases this year. So 
but I don't regret my time with this. I think that, you know, this was a, obviously a more expensive film that was made, uh, more money, more budget put into it. Great special effects, uh, short time, 80 minutes. I don't think you're going to waste your time with it. It's available on Amazon, iTunes, Vudu, Google Play, and YouTube. So $3.99 rental, $2.99 rental, Scotty, what would you say? Yeah, I'd, I'd put it in the $3.99, $5 rental, okay. like somewhere around there. Like it's, it's a fun watch for a Friday night type movie. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I definitely think uh, it would be a fun little, and it, and it's short, like it's 80 minutes long, which I like short. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you in do. My movies. No. <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear. Uh, just to let everybody know. Just, just the movies I want short. <laughs> super important about what my needs are um so we're gonna move into alter movies which we have a whopping two well to talk about we, here today we should call it you are going to move into older movies <laughs> well you saw you saw one of them oh yeah that is true so you could talk about that um you've seen both actually one's one of your faves that, that is very true i mean right? it's just not something i've watched like i just haven't watched an older film recently yeah. besides for our end of our, our show. show. Our show. The work we do for you guys here on Friday Night Mary. Yep. It's hard when you're Scott and you're a playboy. Scott was out at a bar last night, just so everyone knows. Scotty. Yeah, I didn't get to talk to about bar. my bar life. Uh, like, you yeah, because really I didn't want you to rub it in my face. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How was the bar last night, Scotty? It was fun. Uh, had a few drinks, got to chill outside on a patio with a little fire cooking next to us. And yep, had some, uh, met up with some coworkers and had one of my friends with me. And yeah, it was just a all around good night. I just want to know, was the fire as hot as you? Being a smoke show? Mm. Did you turn to your date and be like, this fire's hot, but you know what's hotter? Smoke show Crawford. Yes. <laughs> this is like a line that would have been said in American Pie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's how bad that line is. Um, and that's how bad American Pie like, is when you is watch it hot in, Is it hot in here or am I just a smoke show? Speaking of hot in here, so May, the movie 2002, I reviewed it. Well, because there's a scene in there, right? That kind of plays on this. Oh, so that's true. I'm, yeah, right? I'm not just trying to get you to stop talking about yourself. Like I actually had a, a lead into, yeah, yeah. I actually have a lead into. So May was a movie that I watched for the Summer Party Massacre. And uh, I had never seen it before. And Anna Ferris is in it, which proves to me that Anna Ferris is the same fucking character in every movie she's in. Like, she's like one dimensional, which is fine. She's funny. Um, and Angela Bassett. Um, And she was great. It's a really good film. It's basically about an outcast and how she eventually gets her revenge. But there's a scene where she brings this punk guy back to her apartment and uh, he tells her that he's getting hot. So he has to take off his shirt. Yes. Right? But then he's like, oh, I'm still hot. Do you have any ice that I can put on my nipples? Like, and I just <laughs> thought that was the funniest shit. Like, I was like, and then he goes to her icebox and he finds something else there that's not ice. And um, her freezer icebox because we're in the 19 fucking 20s the icebox <laughs> anyway um it, i enjoyed it and her character like you you do feel sorry for her you definitely feel sorry for her i feel definitely rent and patchwork took some inspiration from this film yes which is fine 
Uh, I think Rentapel's better. I will tell you this now. I like Rentapel a lot more than I like May. I felt a lot more for the character in Rentapel than I did for May. But and, and it was more because I didn't get how May's transformation happens. Like like basically how she snaps and all of a sudden is confident. And all of a sudden she's like super like you know coy and I was like ah, I don't really fucking buy that. But I did like the love interest in it. I liked him a lot. At Jeremy Cisco. Yeah, I liked him a lot. It's a, it was a fun movie. I'm sad I missed it in 2002. Uh, we gave it a five out of five on that show, and I think it totally deserves it. It's a yeah. it's a really good movie. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's one of my favorites, and it's probably because I uh, kind of like in Rentapal. I can relate to May as like I could the character in Rentapal. You also like, have dead frozen cats in your freezer. Yes, no, just the mm-hmm. whole uh, just the whole being kind of a weirdo and feeling like an outcast. So you go on dates and people ask to take off their shirt and then put yeah. ice cubes. Can I, I need to put ice on my nipples? It's getting <laughs> hot in here. <laughs> funny i can see why you would feel that way but it doesn't sound like you were ever an outcast no i mean like there was before like i would say my eighth grade to Mm. sophomore years where i felt that okay and then my junior and senior years when we were known for our parties well that's when you became that's when that's when i uh that's when i morphed into smoke shit (laughs) so after you saw heredity what did tim say you did in the parking lot anyway uh, this is the horror for dummies. If you want to hear what Smoke Show does in the parking lot after seeing the movie Heredity, and if you also want to know, what it's a... almost like they were there watching you, right? And it also listen to that episode because they tell you what uh, what exactly a Scott Crawford is. Yes. So moving forward, <laughs> we expect everybody to coin that same phrase. Yes. Um, they're just they're just so jelly. They are. They're they're like, I wish we could get rid of Heather and then we could have Scott all to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> And they like sit there with their like Aussie stuff and they drink Foster's beer. Yeah. And Tim punches dolphins. No, no. And what else did they do? What else is really, and then they have tea time and then they put another one on the Bobby. Yeah. They put another (laughs) shrimp on the Barbie and they like to say, good day, mate. Good day, mate. And they call each other mate all the time. Yeah. Tim, Tim loves I'm so mad. I'm going to go watch Jaws for the 15th time today. (laughs) Then I'm going to go punch a seagull. And I'm going to pretend that the shark's eating you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, Tim. That episode was pretty jokes. Like, it was, they were really funny when they made fun of you. So everyone, please listen to Horror for Dummies. They're an awesome podcast. And if you want to listen to someone else make fun of Scott besides me, it's a thing. It is. And I think that was the power episode. I think, yeah, it was the power episode. And they do a great review of the power too. Probably because it was the first time I agreed with them. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys have a point. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the next one is Martyrs, which you just rewatched recently. Um, I was not prepared for how violent this was going to be. Uh, especially that opening scene with the family. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, French yeah. film. I think that sums it up the best. <laughs> yep. fucking French film. Well, and and it's one of the like, French extreme films too. They're so like, I... oh, you fucking uncomfortable? How about now? You fucking uncomfortable? How about now? You fucking uncomfortable? How about now? You're fucking uncomfortable? <laughs> that's, that's what this film is. It's just like, uh, how far can they push things? And we saw the unrated version. I can't, um, uh, yeah. No, the, the rate, rated you version. Rated, the rated, rated version. version. I can't imagine what the unrated version looks like yeah uh that's like because uh you said rewatch for me but this was a first time watch for me oh i thought it was a rewatch sorry no but i've been holding off from watching it because i've been waiting for the unrated version right but the unrated version is out of print and going for a shit ton of money and uh so i just never got around to it then i said fuck it let's watch it because 
little uh little spoiler for what's coming up at the end of our show for our out of the dark segment we're going to do a spoiler filled review on this movie so we watched it and like i finally forced myself to watch it and yeah this is an unrelenting assault on the senses like the way only french horror can tend to do apparently and uh yeah um i was expecting way worse because i've had it built up in my head but that is not to say this movie was not fucking hard to watch <laughs> whatever scott was like doing what he did after heredity after watching <laughs> during actually smoke show had a scott crawford he was like oh man i want that to be my life how can i get someone to do that shit oh to god me? no <laughs> oh yeah oh, no, hell no. martyrs hold my fucking beer I'm coming for you. So um, we'll get into the more of that later. Of oh our, man. Our martyrs experience, different experiences we had completely. Um, what we've been listening to. So why don't we break into that? Uh, All right. <laughs> so I've continued down my trash. <laughs> Fucking spot him. It's, it's become a problem. Because what happens is I listen to one of these like podcasts and it's all from the podcast network. And then they recommend another one during it. And then I download that one and it's, it's becoming an addiction. So today I'm going to talk about female criminals. So this is a podcast Spotify original and it takes, it has 213 episodes and it focuses on female criminals. So women who have committed crimes, it tells Stories from up from their birth to the crime being committed, the trial, and what has happened to them afterwards. It is dramatized tellings, but they do use a lot of factual stuff because at the end of each episode, because now I've let it play out to the absolute ends, usually just like once the story's done, I'm like, all right, that's the story, click. I don't listen to their thank you for listening and blah, blah, blah. But when I listen to it, they've actually been using sources like news articles. They've actually used court reportings as well as books that have been written and in some cases interviews. So they are, you know, getting relevant information. They're not just making shit up from the seat of their pants. So one of the most recent ones I listened to was Yolanda who killed Selena. Do you remember that? Yes. Right. So it talked about that woman's life story and how that fateful day at the days in came to be. And it's a really good true crime story podcast. If you enjoy learning about female killers and why they kill and there's a little bit of psychology stuff put into it as well they do some research studies on it i highly recommend it it is a little bit brain candy but sometimes we need some brain candy so you can find that on spotify we'll include the links to it but yeah check it out nice i'll say i do love that you're going through all these types of podcasts oh man it's it's so (laughs) trashy it's like the lifetimes of podcasts that's what i'm doing right now oh i love it um and the podcast that i am going to be talking about is a side project podcast that kind of became its own thing from a video game podcast I used to listen to called Kind of Funny Games. The side po- the side podcast is called In Review, a Kind of Funny Podcast. And it's uh, the main host is Tim Geddes, and he has a slew of the Kind of Funny Games crew just join him different times. So like, depending on the movie, we'll have a different uh, couple of co-hosts. But the reason I'm bringing this up, because they're not horror, they just talk general movies for the most part but uh one of their most recent episodes they covered mortal Kombat. get over here and scott when he's by himself in the car after haraji finish him yes flawless victory flawless victory fatality but uh they ended up going through like they obviously talked about the 2021 Mortal Kombat and the, like a spoiler-filled review of it. 
And then they went back and talked about the first Mortal Kombat movie and the second Mortal Kombat movie, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and then ranked them. So, like, um, I won't give the rankings away or anything like that, but I thought it was just a really great episode. And you could, since they're all video game nerds, they were all talking about all the in-depth detail of history of Mortal Kombat as well. saying, get over here. No, I think that's just you. <laughs> I love that line. Get over here. <laughs> it's, so good. it's oh. like it's like scott goes into these long tangents about uh, actually um reptile um was actually a reptile if you played the video game in 1997 and i'm all like i like reptile because he can go invisible <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i liked mortal kombat because there were scenes where from the video game like the pit and i could play in the pit and I saw them fighting in the pit, and I was like, I like that. That would be my <laughs> that's gonna be my review on controllers up, cards down. <laughs> and you'll be like, Well, actually, um, I really enjoyed Kano and I thought it was really accurate about how his uh, character was answered. <laughs> and that was really nice to see. And I uh, noticed that the that the lineage and I like I didn't even give a shit that the main guy wasn't in the fucking comic book or sorry, in the video game. I didn't give a fuck. Who cares? Yeah. I did. I cared. Stop being Damn nerds, it. Mortal Kombat people. We didn't need another white guy leading the fucking pack. Okay, don't worry. Johnny Cage is going to show up eventually. Johnny Cage. I Sonya. just think he would have been. He would have been just a better personality. No, he wouldn't. But we, we, we'll was, get to that. Cole later. was a bitch, and we needed him there. Okay, we needed Cole there to be a whiner. I mean, you're not wrong because that's pretty much what he did. But right, him in his gold shirt. But anyways, <laughs> that was a very nice gold shirt. Right. Maybe like his kid will get some fucking powers. Maybe she seems to be more like gutsy. <laughs> right. But yeah, we'll Maybe save our thoughts playing. on this movie for uh, yeah, controllers up, cards down. Um, so listen to our podcast, and you can hear me say over and over again, "Get over here." <laughs> <laughs> And you can hear Scott be like, oh, actually, I remember in the 2007 version of Mortal Kombat. So yeah, check it out. <laughs> uh, and have fun listening to Heather make fun of me because of the nerddom that I go oh, into. Dude, I'll be like the odd man out on Controllers Up. Um, Yeah, Controllers Up, Cards Down podcast. You guys will all be like, actually having these debates. And I'll be like, I like, I like <laughs> the fact there was fireballs. <laughs> Do you guys know there was a part where someone had a laser from their eye? That's cool. <laughs> and, I, and I'm starting to notice a trend here when it comes to uh, what we've been listening to. I'm silent going, oh, that's nice. I like the, the, the way you're talking about. And when I talk about my podcast, you're just like, blah. You know this. I know. We're, I love we're it. 33 fucking episodes. I, know, I love it. <laughs> like, I don't respect you. Everyone knows it that listens to the podcast. <laughs> You get me this really nice gift, and I'm like, ah, oh, gremlin sucks. Like, it's, you know. It's but our dynamic. But you stay, Scott. I do. I like the abuse. It's like that Pearl Jam song. I'm lying, she's in love with him. Can't find a better man. <laughs> Only it's like, we can't find a better podcast partner. <laughs> can't find yeah. another Heather. <laughs> well, you probably could, but yeah. <laughs> can't find a better Canadian. Oh, yeah, you probably could. <laughs> anyway did you want to say more about this podcast uh, sorry basically i just want to say yeah go check out in review a kind of funny games podcast because yeah they they're uh they they do a great job of reviewing but they're also pretty damn funny and it's like it's a good group of them and they're they have great chemistry together because they've been on so many different podcasts together because they have 
multiple different shows that they do. But yeah, if you want to listen to a bunch of nerds just talk about movies, like kind of like what we do in a way, then yeah, enjoy. I think they do cover horror films once in a while, but I think they just cover movies just in a broad topic. Cool you. So they're like double edge, double bill. Yes. Very cool. Very, very cool. Thank you for sharing, Scott. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're being polite now. <laughs> I know. Because Gary Hill will be like, how they're probably Scott. I'm like, I know, Gary. I'm like, we- you talking about it ain't going to change it. <laughs> i'm not the only one listen to horror for dummies <laughs> what can i say i'm just a target but the thing is it's all done with fluffiness and love the more oh, people it is. talk about you the more popular you are you're like our britney spears only you're not like <laughs> shaving your head I well i am shaving my head. head oh man maybe you are like britney spears <laughs> you're gonna like come out dancing with like a snake and shit it'll be great hell um, yeah oh yeah now that sounds sexy <laughs> So we're going to take a brief break and hear from one of our many uh, Legion podcast friends. So after these messages, we'll be right back. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history doll popping up at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Welcome back. As we heard Scott and I drone on and on earlier, we are going to talk about prom. Prom night, prom night, everything is all, all right. right. All right, but we're not doing that movie because we already talked about it in remake. So we had to little be a little bit more creative, but I did find this article on why prom and it's now it is called the racist history of prom, uh, but I will talk about prom without putting all that stuff in there not because i don't think it's important because i do think that it's important to acknowledge where segregation has occurred Um, but i want to talk more about the history of when prom started and how it grew so popular um, in the united states at least so when young people began going to prom in the late 19th century it wasn't yet a dance for high schoolers prom short for promerade was originally an event for college students in the northeast that had its roots in balls also known as coming out parties, balls introduced young women to polite society and its eligible men, which was what balls were all about. 
for hmm. middle class white women who may not be able to afford balls, uh, co ed prom parties for graduating students served a similar function by introducing women to the adult world of manner and etiquette and putting them on display for potential husbands. So yes, super sexist. This shit was going on in the early 19th century, but that's what women were supposed to be. They were supposed to be wives and mothers. So they were putting them on display in order for them to find a man. Early proms were governed by the same rules and dress code as balls. They were racially segregated. For instance, girls were forbidden to wear masculine clothing. Well, I would still argue that there's a struggle with that happening at prom yes. in current day, but that's fine. In the 1920s, white high school students began to introduce proms to their teenage students. Like the college proms, they were meant to teach students how to behave as respectable men and women along gender and racial lines, also excluding black students. By the time the Great Depression hits in the 30s, prom had become a big enough deal that some high school principals canceled their prom so poor students wouldn't be psychologically wounded. Obviously, there's costs that would be associated with attending these proms, the dress, the hair, oh, yeah, all that, that stuff still stands. And it gets really expensive, especially yeah. for especially for women. Well, and the limo thing. It's funny. In the movies, we all see when, when there was limos, it's just two people in a limo. When I got limos, there was 10 of us in that motherfucker right, limo. We were all paying for that limo. Like, that's how that was working. We were all splitting that shit 10 ways. And it was usually like 300 bucks. Um, so yeah, proms really took off in the 1950s when a poor war boom and new consumer market geared towards teenagers made the celebration in May stay of the high school year and one that boys should invite girls to, not vice versa. One 1950 advice book for teenagers lectured that girls who try to absurd the rights of boys to choose their own dates will ruin a good dating career. Uh, wow. Yeah, be careful, right? You don't want to ruin that good dating career. Right. Gosh. Um, after the Brown versus Board of Education was decided in 1954, white schools in the South actively worked to undermine the Supreme Court's ruling that schools couldn't segregate students by race. And then the 1960s and 70s, many white schools had integrated their classrooms, began to hold two prongs, one for white students and one for black students. In the famous case of the Charleston High School in Mississippi, white parents began organizing invite-only proms for white students in 1970, and the black students began attending. In response, black parents organized their own prom for their prom for their own kids. Yeah, so prom obviously became a really, really big deal. I can see some pictures here from 1958 from a black prom and a white prom. And I'll be real here: the black prom looks like they're having a hell of a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> a white prom. That does not surprise like, me. People can take a look at this, but the black prom, they all seem to be like mingling and stuff. And the white prom, they're all doing these line dances, walking around in a circle around the room. That looks kind of boring. Anyway. Um, typical white people. <laughs> typical white people. <laughs> Don't have had a good time. In addition to segregated prom, students have also pushed back against the gender rules about prom attire and policies that prohibited same-sex couples. In 1979, two students became the first acknowledged gay men to attend a high school prom together in the U.S. Wow. Since then, students have continued to push for LGBTQ inclusive proms where students can take whoever they want to dance with and also dress in a way that doesn't adhere to traditional gender norms. I've seen some real unique outfits that people wear to prom. I think you should wear whatever is comfortable like yeah. obviously you probably want to not wear things that are offensive that have you know maybe swear words or other things that could be troublesome or racist slurs on them eh, probably not a good idea to wear no. that shit to prom but i think otherwise be creative why not yeah like this is your time right um as school struggled with the racial and lgbtq conclusions between the 80s and today's prom became more prominent subject in the media 
A new genre of teen movies like Pretty in Pink, She's All That, and Mean Girls portray prom as a major event for drama romance. Just like in the movie, students in wealthier parts of the country began to take limos to prom, which were increasingly held at hotels instead of schools, gyms. Where was your prom held? Ours were held at kind of like uh, banquet halls. Banquet halls? Um, I don't remember. I think I went to only one dance, one or two dances that were held at a school gym. Yeah, like a lot of our homecoming and like just typical regular dances that happened all the time were held at our like auditorium or our gym. But like when it came to prom, it was like the banquet halls and like places that get rented out. Yeah, for sure. So, but the biggest change to American prom in the past few years is something even recent grads may not have heard of, the prom proposal. Well, you heard about this in high school, so obviously it's been going on for a while. This is much more elaborate than simply asking someone, will you go to prom with me? Prom proposals are usually something that students do if they're already in a relationship and suspect that the answer to the invite will be yes. Like sending their significant other a pizza that says prom or showing off their fire dancing skills. <laughs> so prom has started off as a way to just match up young ladies with uh, potential husbands, very heterosexual, right. very white, <laughs> finding, finding the love of their life through a dance of a ball to where it's, it's really become kind of like a social status of who are you going to prom with? What does your dress look like? Are you being unique? Are you not being unique? How inclusive is your school? How non-inclusive is your school? It's really interesting to see the difference of where prom started and where we got to now. Yeah, it really is. And then obviously with like some of these movies, I wouldn't say any of these movies did it, but like, uh, what was it? the prom night remake with like how extravagant that prom yeah. ended up being and stuff like that. You see that a lot more in movies now too, where they like completely fantasize like what prom really is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, we'll break into our, our movies and we'll talk a little bit about them. So why don't we start with our first one? All right. So since we couldn't do prom night, we decided to go with uh, the sequel. Pro Hello, Mary Lou prom night two from 1987 which was released May 11th, 1987, decades after promiscuous teen Mary Lou Maloney dies during a prank gone wrong, she returns as a spirit out for revenge and eager to punish the culprit, her one-time boyfriend, Billy Nordham, who is now high school principal. Evil Mary Lou is perfectly content to kill other locals, and she eventually possesses the body of prom queen contender Vicky Carpenter, which allows her to wreak even more havoc. And so, well, right off the bat, I'll say this is a huge departure from the original prom night. Uh, goes a completely supernatural route. I feel like they watched <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors, and they're like, oh, fuck, you know what? Yep. Why don't we just steal a bunch of shit? Yes, <laughs> pretty much. This movie is uh, very insane with the way it does a lot of mm -hmm. stuff and just completely well, out there. You're not waiting for Freddy Krueger to jump out at certain times. Well, like that's pretty much what Mary Lou. Like, that's pretty much what Mary Lou was. <laughs> right, the evil fucking carousel, random horse that Wendy had, Vicky has in her fucking bedroom. Yeah. Um, I really like this movie on a second time watch. This was a second watch for me. The first watch was actually with you, Scotty. I watched yes, it was the first time with you. That was, uh, I think, so, like, uh, back in January of 2020. <laughs> yeah, so it's been over a year. So I remember being like, eh, it's okay. But I liked it a lot more this time. Um, I found that it, I, I really enjoyed Vicky's character. And I yes. really like Mary Lou, to be honest with you. I think she was just ahead of her time. Like, oh, I yeah. liked how she was like, yeah, you don't fucking own me. I can be with whoever I want to be with. And I can be with whatever boy I want to be with. And, you know, I liked the see you later alligator. Like, I, I liked her. I thought she was... 
fucking yeah. awesome. To yeah, be I was like, because you know, like she was in the because we didn't really say in the snap in the synopsis, but it was from the fifties that she was in, and uh, yeah, like that. Like she was using a lot of the fifties lingo, but yeah, like she was very promiscuous. She was very, uh, very, a very strong woman. Well, she like, was very much sexually in charge of her own destiny. Yes, and you know, so what if she banged different dudes? Who fucking cares? Right. You know? like, she was kind of her own person, and she didn't believe that she belonged to anyone or owed anyone anything. Like when Michael Ironside's been like, "We've been going together for a year," she's like, "Yeah, so fucking what?" And she's a hundred percent right. She doesn't owe him sex. Like, right. if she didn't want to have sex with him, she didn't have to have sex with him. She was having sex with this other dude, you know? You snooze, you lose. Too bad, buddy. Like, I thought that she, you know, looking back at this now, I'm like, yeah, I could get how some dudes would find that bitchy, but she didn't owe him sex because they had dated for a year. That's not a thing. No. Um, she wanted to bang this other dude. She could bang this other dude. She could bang whoever she wants. Um, yep, and I'll say, like, because, yeah, the prank was definitely, like, way over the top like it is in the 80s. And oh, for, yeah, totally. And it was, like, so not deserved. Well, and I get that he was upset like I would be upset and embarrassed too she did embarrass him which is a cruel thing to do let's just say even though she's in charge of her own sexual destiny that's a cruel thing to do to somebody and not a nice thing to do no. um but I I think the prank I could get a teenage boy getting that angry that would do something that stupid right um but I do like the setup of the 50s prom I do the only thing I thought was weird is they announced her as prom queen but not they didn't announce prom king at the same time which is what they usually do whatever the prom movie i've seen yeah i thought that was kind of weird queen and king yeah right so anyway i besides you know and that's a minor misfit (laughs) thank you um the rest of it was fine i think the setup for prom was good as i said i felt the 50s vibe i liked her dress i i thought it was you know really cute it was it was awesome now i didn't quite get why her stuff was locked in a fucking (laughs) yeah like it was locked in a chest like in some like attic in the school (laughs) like why do you know why that was like i i don't get it well the funny thing is like she caught on fire so there wouldn't be much of a dress left yeah like i thought it was supposed to be her cape but i don't remember her wearing a cape no like it, it yeah i that is just probably just some like whoops little mistake that was from the Maybe 80s. Like she wore a cape to the prom and then she took it off. And that was like the cape that they eventually found of her. Maybe like that just it still just seems kind of weird. That, that would have been saved. Like, I just and like put away in an attic somewhere. Yeah, that was, you know, whatever. And that's that's fine. That's, that has nothing to do with the prom. But I do like the lead up of Vicky and that other chick who's super mad about the prom coming and she wants to be prom queen and she's sending out flyers to promote for her to be prom queen over Vicky. And then her friend Sandra kills herself because she's, or get, they think she killed herself, but she was actually killed by Mary Lou. Yeah. Sandra? I think that was her name, Sandra. Yeah. Right. And like, and this chick is all like one down two to go i was like wow that's pretty fucking cold like right like i know you want to be prom queen but goddamn like it really emphasized the the um impression that prom meant everything and that if you were not prom queen you were not going to be successful yeah i was gonna say and out of all these movies i think this is the one that kind of uh shows the importance of prom king and queen to certain people like where it's like such a huge deal and like i agree and it, it to some people it, like especially the popular crowd it is a huge deal to for them to be considered prom king prom queen or prom king but like people that are not like in the popular crowd none of them really care then that's in real life too I, I you know and i think that was really well done in this film and i think it ties back to that article of prom being such a 
you know, elitist event to yeah. to crown royalty. It's a popularity contest. Yeah, it's a it's a popularity contest, and I think that that's really really well captured you're right and that's why this chick so badly wanted to be prom queen so badly enough that she was willing to pay that guy how much was it originally a hundred dollars yeah a hundred dollars to uh like to fix the results yes a hundred dollars and then uh bj and then yeah she gives him a bj so that he will fix the results so she can win that winning meant that much to her and i found that really interesting and i <sighs> Anyway, I, I think after reading that article, this film really does sum up the, the the status of prom. Even at the beginning where Vicky wants to get a new dress for prom and her mother is like, no, you already have a dress. You can wear the same one you wore every year. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, already when she said that to her, I'm like, well, that's going to set her apart because that's not what rich people do. Rich people have a new dress every year and now she's not going to have one. Right? right, like I thought that was really interesting, and that'll be uh, and that'll take down her status a bit because, like, yeah, she'll exactly, looks, she'll be quote unquote the poor person of the group because, like, she didn't go buy a new dress, which matters, right? Like, yeah. I know every year when I went to prom, I I bought a new dress every year. Yep, I mean, hell, even I went out and got like I rented a different tux because I we never bought like the guys no, for the most part. Guys never don't bought usually them. do that, right? Yeah, they just rent the tux, which ends up being cheaper, anyways. Well, and really, if we look at what originally prom was for, women were probably more likely to buy a dress because they were being put on show. Yes. Like, it's almost like taking a bunch of show dogs out and being like, which one do you want? You That's know, a so very good point. There's like a societal pressure. Like, if we look at the beginning purposes of prom, the hair done, the makeup done, the nails did. Like, I used to have my hair done, but I didn't have my makeup professionally done. The only time I ever had that professionally done is when I got married or I've been a bridal, uh, like part of a bridal party. Um, but yeah, oh, and one time I was in a photo shoot, but like otherwise, I've never had my hair and makeup done. But now that's pretty normal. Girls get their nails done, they get their hair done, they get their makeup done. It has to match the dress. And I remember I saved up for one dress for prom. And at the time, it cost me $200. So this is going back to like, I don't know, 2000. That was a lot of money. Yeah. I was like, that's probably like 300, <laughs> 350 bucks worth now. And I remember it was like, I felt like a princess because it was this beautiful blue ball gown. And I was so excited to wear it. And it was just, I was like, yes, look at this beautiful. And I had a new dress every year. And I didn't, my parents didn't have tons of money. Like it wasn't like we were balling, but I, no way. My parents knew that there was no way I would have wore the same dress two yeah. years in a row. Dudes could have wore the same tux and the same suit. And honestly, no one would have noticed. Right. Well, cause but, honestly, like the men's, for the most part, men's uh, tuxedos and stuff, there are only slight differences to them. Like, like yeah. almost all the suits look the exact same unless you're going for a, like a different color. Absolutely, right? And I think that that's really interesting that her mom would deny her the opportunity because she didn't like her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was like the Scott Crawford. Yeah. She didn't like her boyfriend, <laughs> yep. right? She wasn't so digging him because of the motorcycle and he was a badass and she didn't like him. Um, but yeah, I, and I'm just trying to think of what other scene I thought the scene in the locker room, even though this isn't prom related where oh, her and her kill? best friend are getting into this fight. 
and they're both butt naked. Yeah. Like, I don't think those were body doubles either. Like, I think they were completely naked. And well, I no, gotta I say, say, good uh, for them. Yeah, because uh, what is her name? Uh, Vicky. Yeah. Vicky. Like, uh, like, yeah, like that was definitely not a body double because it shows her full shot, like head to toe, completely naked, walking through. Like, that's that takes some confidence. Like, especially be on a film like that. Well, or it's just you didn't have a choice and you wanted to be naked as a female in film, right? So, too, and, yeah. right, confidence too. Like, I I agree, but I think also there's some things like, hey, we need you to do this, and that's how you get the part, right? True. Because yeah. it was a pretty major role when you think about it, right? Like Prom Night Two was riding off of the success of Prom Night One, so you had people that would have seen the first Prom Night, it had Jamie Lee Curtis in it, it had Leslie Nielsen, it had some pretty big buzzwords. Who was in this film? Michael Ironside, which yeah. is, he's well known, don't get me wrong, but he's like, not like everyone's like go-to, I would say. Yep, he's, well, he's he's a go-to, but like, he's the only one that's recognizable in this entire movie. Right. So any other prom stuff that you really want to kind of point out? I, I guess arriving at the prom when Vicky does the full transition, when Mary Lou's completely taken her over and yeah, but she has her kisses hair... her dad. Oh my God, that was so freaking weird. And then her, right? well, and the fact that her dad's not trying to push her off or anything like that, and he's kind of enjoying it. Well, I guess because the term, you got the idea that the mother was so frosty, right? And that, yeah. um, you know, we, I don't know. We see a lot of parent and kid now. Like after Terry falls, nothing surprises me. <laughs> no. So, um, and I did like how Vicky's character was able to make that drastic turn, but I felt like it was a slow burn. Like you saw her starting to speak back against her mother, mm-hmm. and then you saw her beginning to kind of talk back to her boyfriend and get upset about things, and then she slaps that bitchy chick across yep. the face, like in the classroom. We were like, "What?" Like it's it's nuts. I thought that was really well done, and then she goes to prom by herself and she's dancing alone without her boyfriend and no one seems to think that's weird um that was like but i thought the prom setup was good it looked like a typical high school prom for the 80s yeah like everyone was dressed the same yep it wasn't overly extravagant like it was extravagant for a high school dance but not like hollywood extravagant like just hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars being spent everywhere and yeah it, it looked like your typical like high school prom and i I really dug that, and I really dug that the theme of this entire movie, kind of like the original one, is just, like, focused, their whole thing is focused on the prom, everything before the prom that happens, like, trying to find someone to go with. Yeah, everything's be prom about the prom. Queen. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's hyper-focused on it, which, I you know, fits this topic perfectly. I really like how the 1950s prom definitely looked more of like the girl gets asked by the guy. She's expected to accompany the guy. She wears the guy's ring or whatever the case may be like very much. And then like, I feel like in the eighties, it was like, it was a little more, yeah, you show up and you have a good time and we'll see what happens. And like, it just seemed like a different feel to it that people were on display, but it was a different type of display. It wasn't the same, which I, which I appreciated. And yet again, Vicky is announced as prom queen, which is so random that no one gets announced as prom king, like her boyfriend, right? (laughs) Like she just randomly goes up there, but that ending scene of where Mary Lou climbs out of Vicky. Oh, that scene is awesome was really well done. I mean, I was watching that and I was like, fuck, like this is pretty good. Yeah, like it's really cool effects for that time. And like, and I like the fact that the longer that Mary Lou is outside of the body, like she comes out looking like just a burnt up corpse. Yeah. And she just gets more and more flesh on her as she's like just standing out and like getting her powers and stuff like that. And 
Yeah, very Nightmare on Elm Street-ish feel to it at that point. It was such a Nightmare on Elm Street feel. So I want to see what uh, Craig is the boy. Is it Craig? Yes, Craig. So that's Michael Ironside's son. And he gets chased by Mary Lou into the like the school basement. And then he thinks that she pretends to be Vicky, but it's not Vicky. And then his dad comes with the crown and puts it on Mary Lou's head. And they flash back to them dancing. So I guess he would have been prom king. Yeah, um, I would assume so. Which why I don't get if they, but then they wouldn't have a plot if they didn't announce it at the same time. And I guess that was supposed to like calm her soul that was like what we're meant to believe at that scene yeah she got what she wanted yeah i guess that would be yeah um and then obviously vicky survives vicky and craig go outside michael ironside is there and probably my favorite scene is where they get into the car with michael ironside and that mary lou song starts playing on the radio and he says something like hang on hey great kids let's ride or something like that yeah and you see the mary lou's ring there and then the eyes change colors michael ironside really fucking fiery and delivers that line oh he does and like michael ironside is just an amazing actor anyways so like yeah but yeah i did like that little just kind of like uh once again kind of nightmare on elm street style ending yeah like i feel like this movie just watch nightmare on elm street and it's like oh fuck yeah let's just steal shit from that movie yeah um and make it promy but it definitely captures prom night. Like I, I think that this captures the entire prom experience of somebody, you know, what whether it's you know not being able to get the new dress to who's going to win prom king and queen or just queen in this case, um, you know, the actual experience of the fifties and the eighties prom. I think it actually does a really good job. I think prom night yeah. two actually does a better job than the original prom night of capturing prom because really with prom night it's more about the murder that occurs yes and the stalking this i felt like was more the build-up was to be the prom queen like that was the overall thing that everyone seemed to want including mary Lou. so it was very prom centric yeah that's a very good point because i didn't think about that from the first film but yeah that that's totally what this one is about is just the popularity contest of being prom king prom queen now, just as a disclosure, we did not do Prom 3 or 4. Prom 3, Prom Night 3, is just a little too silly for my liking. And I think Mary Lou, though absolutely beautiful and very seductive, moves away from the prom theme more. Yes. But almost does a Friday on Nightmare, Friday, uh, Friday Nightmare, a Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street thing by then going after a guy. Yes. And being like head over heels, like obsessed with him and in then, that movie. And then like getting the guy to do shit. Yeah. Like Nightmare on Elm Street part two. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and then part three, ha- or sorry, part four, they just drive by the prom. Yeah. Which they, is why we didn't do that one because they don't even really go to prom. Nope. They go to, to a house and party. And they just do a couple shout outs to the first stories and then go to a house and it's a whole different story. It has nothing to do with the first one. It has nothing to do with two or three. At least two or three do build on each other. I'll give them that. Like yeah. four is just like, hey, you know what? We should just continue to make prom movies. Like it's like they heard that John Carpenter wanted to make a different type of Halloween movie every time. Yeah, right. It's like we should do that with prom night series. Only it didn't take off. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nope, not at all. <laughs> so that's why we're only doing prom night two. Just so in case people are disappointed, uh, we will not be talking about prom night three or prom night four in this episode. Maybe one day we will. Maybe yeah, we'll one day see we what won't. happens. <laughs> we make no promises here on Friday Nightmares. So let's move to our next one. All right. So the next one is Dance of the Dead, which was released March 9th, 2008 on prom night. The losers who could not get dates to the dance are the only people who can stop zombies from eating everyone. Very simple synopsis, very simple plot. And though I do dislike the whole, the losers who could not get dates. Like, it's just people, they were the outcasts, unfortunately. They were the outcasts. Like, they were part of the science fiction club, or like whatever it was, sci-fi club. This one is another one that does focus heavily on the prom night, like just the prom itself, like the entire movie. Yes. And, but man, (laughs) this one had some very freaking funny scenes to it, because it's so over the top and ridiculous. Like, uh... I do love that, like, it doesn't, it involves the teachers a lot more. It really does. I, what I really liked about this is it, you get the setup of the high school, you get the setup of the zombies in the high school in the same way. So you get the opening scene at the graveyard yep, and like shit going down. And then it pops right over to the high school where there's all these like drama shit going on and like interactions in the classroom. And this dude wanting to ask out this chick who just broke up with her boyfriend, who's this popular like cheerleader and these other guys that want to go out with these, you know, like are the one guy who's good, whose girlfriend is head of the prom planning committee who, you know, she's really into prom and he isn't. And then like the sci-fi guys that, you know, can't get any girls to go with them and just want to stay home and watch fucking movies at night or go to like a robotics convention or something like that. Um, I think it does a really good job of setting the stage on the day of prom. And also, is it Rod? Um, I think not so. Rod. I, I cannot Who's... remember any of the characters' names. Kyle, Kyle. <laughs> and they have that guy named Kyle who like fights everyone all the time. Yes. And his name is Kyle. I thought that was really fucking like yeah, he was the one with like had, like what was it, the Mohawk or like the Yes, like... he had the Mohawk. Yeah. Like and he was just like this punk dude that's always <laughs> getting in trouble. Oh, reminded me of Darren. Hey Darren, is that you? <laughs> but I feel like Darren would also give a like a like a political social speech while he was doing things. He'd <laughs> right. Be like, he'd be in the principal's office because he started a protest. Um <laughs> yep, that'd be totally Darren. And somehow like he would still win because Darren is like the smartest person we know. Yeah. Like one no day shit. he's going to be on this show and Scott and I are going to be like, what Darren said. Yeah, I what agree. What Darren said. I agree with everything he said. <laughs> it's going to be Darren talking and us agreeing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do enjoy how they set up these characters. I It kind of gets you caring about what happens to them. You feel bad for the girl that's head of the prom committee because she's trying to like set up the gym the day of and her boyfriend's not taking it seriously. And then that other guy is all like, <laughs> Mitch is all like, hey, I just want to see you treated well. Like, you know, those dudes that try to like swoop in and steal a girl and what or is, whatever the case is or break up a relationship. Well, guys or girls do that too. It's not just dudes. But yeah, I'm trying to think of the name the, for those types of guys. Like, because there's a recent internet name. Like, uh, they're Pat the, uh, yes. <laughs> but no, like they're always like the incels. Yeah, that's what they're called. The incels. Oh, that's what they're called. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because they're like, you can be treated so much better. You deserve to be treated so much better. Hey, why aren't you giving me a hand job? I just told you you're pretty and told you you deserve to be better. <laughs> what the fuck, bitch? I'd feel better if your hand was on my dick. 
Right. Um, <laughs> that's what this guy, this guy is. And, he, um, and yeah, like the main character, like how she was like, like you're saying, like she was so focused on the prom committee and then like her boyfriend is like the total jokester that doesn't take anything seriously. Right. And who ends up being kind of the hero of the movie, of course, but. It's a yeah. good setup. It's And yeah. it's all the day of prom and she fucking cancels on him on the last minute. And then he's still going without her. Yeah. After he's, and then this other guy picks her up. And did you not think it was funny that he drives her out to like so this mitch dude takes this chick and it was total like parking prior to going to prom she's like aren't we going to prom and he's like oh no i thought we'd chill here and he has like beers in the car i'm like oh man this sounds like a good night to me and but, was it, um, didn't he take her to the cemetery yeah he took her to the cemetery and then like starts so making romantic. the moves on her and he, she's like just don't mess up my hair which totally something yep <laughs> i would say too i'd be like look i just got my hair done don't fuck this up it cost me fucking 80 dollars um and then like he gets eaten by a zombie and shit. And the zombie stuff is like, you know, that's kind of all in between these people that didn't go to prom. Yeah. Uh, I did find some one-liners of like, how come Kyle didn't go to prom where all the farm animals busy? Like, I thought that was funny. And then he's like, I only banged college chicks. And they're all like, oh, like it was <laughs> like the dialogue was very teenage centric. Like it yeah. really was teenage centric, like promy promy kind of conversations and how she uses her shoe to kill one of the zombies jewels stabs the fucking zombie in the head with her heels and she gets mad that her dress gets ripped because that dress was probably super expensive and you know everything to, comes down to prom and i do have to say we didn't bring really bring up his friend but his uh one like i think we br- briefly brought up but his one friend who's trying so desperately for the popular girl and she like oh, is right. treating him like a friend but then she's just like no i'm not interested. i'll go i'm gonna go with this guy instead Mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. when he's going to go ask her and she's like oh well th- this one guy broke up with me what do you think about uh the lead, lead singer of the band over there and he's going oh, i've been showing you like crazy that i'm interested in you and would like to take you and you're just gonna like ask me oh what do you think about that guy do you, what do you think he'll say he's like of course he's gonna say yes <laughs> well he didn't say yes yeah, no, went, say, that was the best scene is because she walks over to him he's like do you want to go to the prom and he's a total band guy total yeah. band guy like i could see darren saying this except for the last scene, line that he says so like I don't want to go there and do this and I could listen to my music and do my music. That'd be a Darren thing. Darren would never say to someone and after the set is done, you can suck my dick. That would never, no. <laughs> Darren no, would never ever say that. But he reminds me of someone that would have been like, I'm going to get together with my punk friends and have a better party. And damn it, Darren's party would be better than going to prom. Right. <laughs> I 100% believe that. Any party that Darren throws would be awesome. Awesome music, good conversation. And dude has good taste. So I bet you the food and the drinks would be yum, yum. Yes. Um, Darren, but, we love you. <laughs> Darren, we love you. But honestly, when he says that line at the end and he's like, and afterwards, after we're done playing, you watch us play, you can suck my dick. I, I fucking died because her face is like, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like they think there's like this big time band, right? And they have these fucking groupies that are just going right. to do whatever they want. And they're just oh in the God. garage, just jamming out and... Like um, and, we do yes. have to, we have to bring it up because this is probably like my favorite character of the entire movie, the freaking gym teacher. Oh my god, the, the, the southern gym, gym teacher. Awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that was like a former military dude. Like yes. the characters in this are just great. And even though there's a big chunk where we have the whole prom planning piece, and then we have the whole zombie piece, so we have them, you know, locked up in the house. As a shout out to, um, Night of the Living Do- Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Uh, and we have, you know, a, a couple of scenes they stole from their zombie movies, but they stole them well and they fucking yeah. made it fun. What was the other thing I was going to talk about that I thought was really clever like, about the zombie? I, oh, the garage, the, the band playing in the garage. Yes. Like just as, like, 
and like the the zombies love the music and they play their music and they like play for five hours to hold these zombies up like it's just like we needed the practice anyways <laughs> like it's just it's 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 a well-written movie this was a low-budget movie it first made its appearance at um fan, uh, film festivals and i'm glad that it eventually got picked up because it really is quite funny like it really has some good humor and some good writing to it but when they eventually get to prom so they realize that all the zombies are heading to prom and they're worried that all the students are going to die they get there and they realize that all the students have turned into zombies anyway. Yep. Like <laughs> they were like, already too late and <laughs> they were already too late, but then they are like, okay, we got to blow up the school or whatever. And they do this whole elaborate plan and the gym teachers working with them to help get it done. And they drop the, the, basically the bomb, the thing that sets off the bomb and like a thing of potato chips and <laughs> yeah. him and his girlfriend. So the two main characters, I guess you could say, because I didn't actually think they were going to be the two main characters at first. I thought the other couple were going to be the main characters, but they were kind of secondary. Yeah, they were. Right. Um, they sneak in and he tries one of the cookies and he's like, you know what, baby did a really good job on these cookies. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the prom looked like very much a high school prom. Like, yeah, everybody was zombies and shit, but it looked very much what you would expect well, I mean, from and all the zombies look nice doll dressed up. They did. And they looked like teenagers. I will they give did. this about this film too, even though it's not our teenage, teenage angst one these guys looked like teenagers yes they all looked like they would be that age um except for kyle who was supposed to look older who did look older like you know they were like oh he's well, a whole bunch of times and yeah i was gonna there. say he's the uh, high school dropout that keeps yeah, coming back that deal right like he did look like he was older and i thought them fighting in their prom stuff was cute i thought the couple that ended up hooking up at the end the popular girl that turns into a zombie and the guy stays with her and they end and, up like yeah turning into making zombie. out Turning into zombies, yeah, eating each other while they're making out. <laughs> like it was, it was just a really fucking fun night, and how they get out of prom and peace off in the school bus at the end of it, and the ones that survive, and the band plays that real slow song, and they're and it focuses in on the main couple dancing. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that it's a great. First of all, as a zombie film, it's a it's a different type of zombie film. Yeah. It, it really is. And I give them credit for that. And as a movie that captures prom, I think it does a really good job of capturing the buildup and then a little bit of the prom happening at that time. Yep. Cause like there is a little bit of like, cause uh, where hello, Mary Lou was pretty much like the entire movie is about the prom. This one is about the prom, but then there is that little break in between where they're just like getting chased by the zombies and they're not anywhere near the prom and not focused on the prom. Yeah. But that's absolutely like, that's like the only thing non-promish besides them in their prom outfits. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Um, so overall, would you say a pretty decent prom film? Yeah, I'd say like it definitely covers covers prom really well. There's only, I think, one on this uh, episode <laughs> that really doesn't, but we'll get to that. Well, that's just not a good film in general. So why yeah. don't we get to the next one before we get to that that gem that we're going to talk about here on Friday Nightmares? All right. So the next one is probably my favorite of the four. Yeah. And that is Cabin Fever 2 Spring Fever, released August 21st in 2009. As students prepare for their high school prom, they have no idea a flesh-eating virus is spreading via a popular brand of water. Holy freaking shit, this movie is bananas. Man, this one is better, and I'm going to say it, it's better than the original Cabin Fever. I, I agree with you. For one, you like the characters way more. Yes. Like, especially uh, Noah Sagan, the main 
the main guy. I freaking love him, like, in every movie he's in. And, like, in this, once again, this is another movie that everybody looks like they're in high school. Like, except yeah, for he, maybe uh, the main girl's ex-boyfriend. He looks a little older. He looks a little older, yeah. But I would agree with you. He definitely, everyone looks like they're high school students. And yeah. I thought it did a really good job of connecting to the original Cabin Fever and bringing it into a school. I had honestly yes. avoided this movie because I heard it was shit. This is really? a shitty movie. Yeah. This movie is great. I don't think it's shitty at all. I think it's better than the fucking first one. I really do. I think it's a better movie. Like, you know, it's like I like how we were saying in our messages back and forth about this movie. Like, the first one's really silly. Like, it goes completely off the rails partway through. This one is silly, but also it takes itself a little more seriously, I think. And is a little more grounded in reality than the fucking first movie. I found the characters more affable. Yes. In the first one, I was like, oh, that's too bad. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, like I think the only one you cared for in the first one was Ryder Strong. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's shitty. But in this one, I was fucking rooting for a bunch of them. I didn't yeah. want them to get sick. Yeah, like even like the ancillary characters that get off early in the movie, like you felt bad for them. Like the girl, like the- uh, The young lady that makes out in the pool? Yes, like she wouldn't. Yeah. Like what happens to her? I felt so bad for her. Like yeah, everything. Yeah, she was a nice character. You actually felt for her, yeah. and that was the thing about this movie. You actually cared about these kids, and you were like, I was rooting for the main characters. I was like, I was, I was sad. There were parts of this where I was sad. I was like, oh man, fuck, that sucks. Like yeah. you know, and where Dance of the Dead was just fluffy and funny, and yeah, some characters die in shade, and you're like, oh, that's too bad. But you're not like you're upset not about it. it. But I was like fuck man like and I think some of the dialogue here was just so real so when he gets into the fight so it's um what is it cotton no John Noah when he gets into the fight with out with that guy's ex-girlfriend or that ex, that girl the girl that he likes ex-boyfriend because he hears that she, he's gonna ask her to prom yes like that was a pretty real scene and and when him and his buddy are sitting at the back so his buddy's name is Alex are sitting at the back kind of like shooting the shit while they're dissecting the frog that was real raw teenage talk oh it really was like it really was quite fucking funny it was clever i felt like i was watching two teenage boys shoot the shit yeah like the and like even the uh it even like portrayed like the uh friends like i had like uh because mm -hmm. i had like the guys that were like oh man like we're not going to prom we're gonna watch uh, we're gonna stay home and watch the we're uh, gonna play magic yeah no <laughs> but no, we're gonna watch this cannibal movie that was banned in like 14 different countries it's gonna be oh so my god cool. was that not like every fucking horror movie fan that you've ever heard of yes i was gonna say i'm like i know friends like that <laughs> like that was probably yeah, we do <laughs> Like, and that would have pretty much been me if I didn't actually have a girlfriend. I probably would have stayed home, like went to my friend's house and watched some messed up horror films. <laughs> right? Like it was just, there was some fucking killer lines. And even when he, like that buddy gets a BJ from that chick that he's consoling. Oh, yeah. And he's like, so you want to go to prom? She's like, I got to work as a hostess at my job. And then I'm like, I don't think she's a hostess. I no, think she she's sure is else, not. Right? <laughs> um, but anyway, even that line was like, it was funny. It was fluffy. It was good. Uh, him walking his friend home, his longtime friend. They're talking about their futures. And this is where it got to me. This kid was super smart and gone into this awesome college. And he had plans to be a doctor. Like nope. you, that conversation, like, honestly, this is too good to be a fucking sequel because that conversation made me endear to these two characters. 
Yeah, and well, and then the uh, the very real conversation that he has that after the fight that happens at prom with the ex-boyfriend. With her. With her oh outside and how he just fucking snaps and just says, you know, I don't see how you do not see that I am head over heels in love with or you. Or she's and, like, and he's like, fuck you, fuck you for, yeah. you know, you could choose. And I was like, like, honestly, I was shocked. I, yeah, I love like, the dialogue. He's like, fuck you for choosing him and yeah. continuing to choose him. Like, he's like, you are smarter than this. Like, yeah, the dialogue was just raw and I loved it. Like, like it was, it was so good. Yeah. Like you bought into these two main characters so much for, so that I felt dread when the bottled water came to the school. I was like, when they started using it for the punch. So when the young lady who eventually is like targeted to be bullied. Yeah, um, basically a prep, the prom king is going to like uh, seduce her just because his buddies paid him, paid him to. Right. And they knew that he had a crush on her. Or she had a crush on him, sorry. Yeah, she had a crush on him. Um, She's making the punch, and I'm like, fuck, no. Like, no, don't put the water in there. Like, and then she drinks it, and I'm like, no, don't do it, because she looks beautiful. She's, yeah. she's all done up, and then Rick comes over, and Rick starts, like, flirting with her, and she's so, like, taken aback, and then they go to the pool, and they have sex. And, and this is the scene where I was like, this is where the girl would probably not do that. Jump in the pool with her freshly done hair from the problem. No, she probably wouldn't. But I think because she liked this guy so much. She was willing to. She was willing to. And I want to give credit to this woman doing the scene. She was a yes. heavier woman. And I don't think that should matter, but it does matter. And society yeah. can be very cruel to people who don't look a certain way. And I want to give this actress a lot of props and... I also want to give this filmmaker a lot of pots for showing that everybody is beautiful. Yes, and exactly. I should have to say that, but we are still a place in society where we do need to say that. Yeah. Um. So I just kind of want to acknowledge that piece of it that I thought that that was I, really cool. Cause I thought the exact same fucking thing watching right? this, like, it's very impressive that like they were do they did this on the did this and it was what in a classy way. They yeah, didn't make fun of her weight. No. They weren't insulting her. Um, and even how he acts towards her, she gets sick because of the water. He gets out of the pool and then he feels, he gets worried. He sees yeah. her go under and he goes back for her. Yeah. Which I didn't think he was actually going to no. do. Like no. I thought he was just going to be a dick and be like, oh, fuck you and leave you. I'm like, yeah, no, he actually comes back and grabs the freaking net to like try to pull her out. Unfortunately, you know, what happens to him and falling and yeah. cracking his skull. Like it's tragic for both of them. But like, yeah, like. I, like like you said, this movie does a great job with the teenage characters and the well and the teenage angst once again. Like in this, movie. oh yeah, the teenage and, angst is great here, and the prom buildup is great. Like the whole yeah. like the last minute prom thing, and like even when so Cassidy goes to the prom last minute, she looks like it was last minute because her hair really isn't done. It looks like the same. Yeah, she would have been able to get a hair appointment. You know, she kind of threw on a dress and she's like, "All right, here I am." You know, here we are at prom. Haha, <laughs> the punch is there, and the teachers are all fucking weird and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine um but like it really did a good job of capturing what prom would look like and then when they go and have that fight and there's the army shows up and they that dialogue is great and they go back into the school and then the massacre starts happening or when she's in the bathroom and she hears that girl crying oh man that scene was hard to watch yeah i like this movie went from all jokes and like one-liners and funny shit to that scene and i was like did she, and and we're giving spoilers in this section so i don't know if she had a miscarriage or if it was also the virus or if it was both 
I think it was both. Like, I think it started, I think it was a miscarriage because of the virus. And it kind of tied into girls getting pregnant and having their babies at prom. That has happened. Yeah. And, you know, Cassidy seeing this young woman bleeding out and you see a trail of blood to the garbage can. She's kind of in what looks like a dress, but it's obviously been bled into and, and, you know, and she's crying and asking for help. I can imagine that happening in different proms. Not obviously with the flesh eating, but like having your baby at 17 years old and putting it in a garbage can because you don't know what else to do. Yeah. Right. I honestly like that got super heavy in this film. I did not see that coming for fucking cabin fever too. Like I did not see a scene like that coming and it was so fucking well done. Yeah, like there are like certain things in this movie where like it goes from just like, haha, gross, gross you out, make you puke, blah, 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 blah. Oh, we're going to be very serious about these certain things. Right. Very uncomfortable. Like it, like Ty West is the director for this, who did House of the Devil and several other good horror films. And yeah, I think this was like his first feature length film. And man, he did such a phenomenal job directing this. I want to figure out who the writer was for this too, because the dialogue, the dialogue is just key to this, this movie. Absolutely. And it does capture the prom well and side things that happen at prom. Like it captured side effects of prom, like the guy getting fucking violent and beating up that other dude because his girlfriend went with her best friend to prom. And of course, like they eventually escape the prom after they've basically bombed the entire school, killed the entire school. John cuts off his arm to try to get rid of the infection. Um, Yep. Well, we didn't even talk about his poor friend who got the BJ. Like what happens to him? Like that scene was just heavy and sad too. Like, cause and like he knows it, that it's a skin disease and he's trying to get his buddy to not touch him so he doesn't get yeah. it. And... Oh man, that scene was just heavy as shit too because they were like best friends and just like- Super well done. Yeah, like I, because I've seen this a long time ago and back then I was like, ah, this movie's just gross and funny. Ha 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 ha. Rewatching it now, I'm like, damn, I, I forgot about some of these very heavy scenes in this film. You know, this made and me like, think, so, sorry, Scott, but when we do lists, right? We do list episodes for Patreon. Yeah. I think we should do a list episode, sequels that are better than the original. I like that idea. Because this, spoiler, will definitely be on my fucking list. Yeah. Like, this movie is, I I can't believe it took me this long to watch it. I just think it's, you know, I don't think it's the best movie of all time, obviously not. But if I'm looking at the Cabin Fever films... Um, I just think the characters, the capturing of prom, the capturing of the teenage relationships around it are so good. Yeah, like the characters in general are just so well portrayed. The teachers are even well portrayed, um, mm-hmm. a little bit on the hokey side. But I mean, it even still has a little bit of the silliness from part one leak into it with the uh, the deputy, the party man. Like with like and how he all of a sudden takes this virus seriously and like starts freaking out and like trying to us trying to escape the quarantine with his oh my buddies. god and the conversations like we could get into a whole other rant of the conversations that he has about yeah. sashimi being the ultimate pussy like it is oh, just yeah following <laughs> some of the lines he says is just fucking like mint oh yeah he is freaking hilarious right um but yeah like i know i haven't talked much about the actual prom aspect of this but yeah it does focus on it and it focuses on a lot more of the Kind of like in uh, Dance of the Dead, focuses on a lot of the behind the scenes prom committee stuff, focuses on mm-hmm. like the preparation for the the night of where, yeah, like you see the girl making the punch and getting everything ready there while she's already dressed up and ready to go. Yeah. Decorating's happening. And then, yeah, the prom happens and then everything else happens involved in the prom. And actually, this prom was actually held at, a high, at the high school. Yep, it was. So, so it must be just kind of like a 
because it was a small podunk style town. So I'm wondering if it's maybe those types of schools hold their proms at the high school because it's cheaper. Absolutely. I totally think that's exactly what happened here. Um, but no, this is a really solid movie. It represents prom well, and it's just a good movie overall. Yeah, like I was like, like I said, this is the best one out of the four that we've got going, I think. For this I agree. Episode. Now let's talk about a movie that's the so masterpiece good. of them all. Yes, yes, that uh I apologize for because I was the one that found this film <laughs> and I just suggested it because it was a 2020 release. And I thought, oh well, it's the only one that focuses solely on prom. And that was a mistake. And I am sorry. But <laughs> but we'll talk one, about it. I will say before I even jump into this, there is at least one thing that this movie does that none of the others have in a in a surprising way okay i like to hear that because i i feel like i failed us so i look forward to hearing especially with like especially how it ties into your research you did but we'll start with um the movie we are talking about is killer prom which was released april 19th 2020 after losing her mother in an accident a teenager and her father welcome a distant cousin into their home Hoping to claim the family as her own, the psychopath hatches a devious plan to recreate the prom she never experienced. All right, before we jump into this movie, it is a Lifetime movie. And oh boy, is it a Lifetime movie. Oh, is it ever. Oh my God. (laughs) Is it ever. Now, before we jump into just how awful this movie is, I will bring up the one good point. And that one good point is, it ties into our episode or at least ties into the research you did, which is the prom proposal. It does. It actually shows the prom proposal. It shows the prom proposal. It does. Thank you, Lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) You did one thing right. (laughs) You got one thing going on. Um, However, this movie does not focus on the prom. It focuses on the idea of the prom. And previous proms. Yeah, and previous proms. But oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I don't even know where to begin with this fucking movie. <laughs> Let's begin. So this movie sets the stage that this woman, I'm gonna we're gonna give the Coles notes because this movie is really shitty. This woman is jealous of her cousin because her cousin and her are a couple years apart. They went to the same high school. Her cousin was prom queen. She met her husband, who is a successful doctor now at prom. They were prom king and queen. And she feels as though that she is always um, like kind of been in her fiddle. cousin's shadow. Yes. So she decides that she wants her cousin's life. So she gets her cousin to go on a boat with her randomly and pushes her off the boat. And Kills her. So seven did, months. Oh, did you <laughs> know the mother died? <laughs> That's the mother died. Did, did you know she died? Because the movie doesn't sure. the movie doesn't explain that at all. Movie, no, <laughs> never. We never find out what happened to the mother. There's never a reference to her dying, <laughs> ever. And the reaction from the father of her being dead is like, oh yeah, my wife died. <laughs> it <like laughs> yep. fucking sucks. Like if this was a murder mystery, you'd be like, the husband for sure did it. The dude's yes. showing zero emotion. <laughs> like it was like he was like, yeah, yeah, the pizza came, and I didn't really like it. Like it was so fucking. Anyway. Uh, give it one out of ten stars. My, my wife died. Get, One out of 10 stars. <laughs> like, it is so bad. Anyway, um, so seven months later, this cousin uh, decides that she's going to come live with this family. So she gives the excuse that she's taking her real estate exam or something out there. 
and that she'll come and help take care of the kids. And, you know, the husband's like, oh yeah, we're still getting adjusted. It'd be so great to have family because this is his wife's cousin. Yeah. So he's still viewing that her as like, you were related to my wife. She comes out there. Of course, there's a young lady and a, and a little kid, a little boy. And the young lady is getting ready for her prom. So prom is coming up. Her mom's not there. And these kids seem to be adjusting pretty fucking good to losing their mother tragically seven months earlier. Wait, anyway, I, I, <laughs> Scott, stay with me for this excellent plot. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know so, her mom was dead though. I'm just... I'm, I'm just... <laughs> the, movie, the movie is based upon the cousin feeling like she never had the prom that she was meant to have. So she wants, you know, the dress, so Hannah, who the little girl is, or like the teenager, um, really wants to go to prom with her got best guy friend. He asks another girl because he got this mysterious text saying that Hannah's not going to go to the prom, so don't bother asking her. Yeah, which, which was, was like sent some... by the mean popular girl. Yep, of course you got to have like the snooty little preppy girl doing that to her best friend. And her cousin shows up. And of course, her cousin's very sensitive to this because you get the impression that her cousin was the one that was rejected in high school, which I doubt because this woman is very beautiful. I'm sure she's beautiful as a young woman as well. And the only line I thought was funny was that she walks over to the girl that's antagonizing Hannah and says, you need to be nicer to my cousin. And she's like, or what? You're going to tell my parents? She's like, no, I'm going to take your body and dump it somewhere where no one will find you. Yes. And I honestly (laughs) thought that line was actually pretty funny. Like that, that has allowed this movie to get at least one star for that line. Because I thought it was like, (laughs) she was like, no, you little fucking bitch, what I'm going to (laughs) do. And I thought that was clever. I don't know if you thought that was clever, but I thought. Well, the line itself was the delivery of it. Oh, the delivery was painful. The delivery of everything this woman said was painful. Very painful. The main Hannah is played by the girl that was the lead in Slack. I'm glad Slack didn't take this movie as the best of what this young actress could do. Yeah. Um, Because I think she definitely has more acting chops. And I usually brag about movies being Canadian. Canadian, (laughs) And I haven't brought it up till now. (laughs) Lifetime movies are filmed in Canada. And this was filmed in Ottawa, Ontario, unfortunately. Um, Canadian pride right there. Canadian pride. So basically, uh, long story short, the cousin lives through Hannah's prom experience. So eventually Hannah gets this boyfriend. Her friend becomes her boyfriend. They're going to go to prom together. She takes Hannah dress shopping. She buys the exact same dress that Hannah wants. And she's setting up to have this prom night at home with Hannah's dad. So Hannah's going to leave to go to the prom. And the cousin is going to recreate this magical prom night with Hannah's father. Yes, because she is obsessed with her with her cousin's father. Like, so obsessed that she buys prom magazines and creates a checklist of, like, the perfect hair, the perfect dress, the perfect date. Let us not forget the psychotic jealousy that runs rampant through her whenever another girl oh, yeah, the horror piece of it that's yeah. right scott why don't you talk about the horror piece of this let us not forget that yeah this woman is like so obsessed with uh the husband the uh, ex-cousin's husband you know the cousin that died just in case you didn't know the mother oh, died the mother died <laughs> yeah just just so you know the movie do- the movie doesn't tell you just gotta tell you this but uh <laughs> but yeah she like just pushes the woman down the stairs because it was the guy's secretary who yes. was like gorgeous by the gorgeous way. everyone was supermodels in this movie oh and fuck smoking hot people everywhere 
in the house the the the, the, the they lived in. Oh okay. my god, the mansion. Oh yeah, my god. Good lord. Um, but yeah, just like the way she just like acts like a freaking psychopath, like whatever this woman was around, and then it, it, oh my god, like psycho jealous to the extreme. Um, also a flaw I gotta bring up or not like well the movie the movie itself is a flaw but uh <laughs> the whole production was a flaw but uh the very beginning when she's talking to him on the phone and she's like yeah I'm taking my real estate exam and then she gets to the house and like looks up real estate exams while she's already living there it's like okay <laughs> oh, yeah. you are so dumb wouldn't you have done this and prepped before you even came out here to prepare for any lies that you're oh, making you are such a dummy <laughs> dude and then like he calls at one point he's like what are you doing so they have this housekeeper who is this older woman who acts like a mother to these kids so she's the one that gets them to do the homework and of course a fun cousin's like you don't need to do your homework it's fine and i guess she somehow finds out that this housekeeper is a recovering alcoholic yeah because she and- finds the aa coin <laughs> And like, is that what it is? Yeah. And then she like spikes her drink with a sleeping pill. So she sounds like she's drunk. And no, she didn't even she... sleep. It was like a fucking Drano or something. Cause it was like something like cleaning liquid that was up on the shelf. Oh, that's what it was. And then like, <laughs> she, like the dad calls at one point and she's like, oh, what are you doing? She's like, oh, just looking up my real estate license. And it flashes to the screen. And it was like, how do like signs of intoxication and she's trying to like match the chemicals that she can use to make the woman look like she's intoxicated like it's honestly just fucking ridiculous (laughs) oh it's so stupid and well when and then the woman gets in trouble for drunk driving okay so when you do the breathalyzer test you're gonna show up drunk because you drank uh cleaning solutions i don't think (laughs) god this movie I know like honestly this movie was just it was it was just ridiculous like it was yeah there were parts where I was like (laughs) I'm so sorry Scott (laughs) because I I I had selected this and this was this was my fault I um like I was excited to watch this though just because I was like oh this sounds so cheesy and dumb I'm all about this and then it started and I'm going oh fuck (laughs) like I was like and Scott watched this with a friend and I really hope I didn't ruin the friendship. (laughs) Nope. She just thinks she has bad taste in movies. No. (laughs) Yes. I would think the same thing. (laughs) Tell her, tell her that she's going to be the mom and I'm going to be the cousin. And I'm going to talk to myself the entire time. And the worst part is this cousin (laughs) narrates everything she's doing. Oh, everything's a fucking narration. (laughs) Uh, As she's typing it in, I'm going to look up real estate exams as she's typing and looking up real estate exams. Like, thank you, movie. We didn't realize what she was doing. It's horrible. And like, I've seen some Lifetime movies where I'm like, ah, you know what? It's a Lifetime movie, but it's okay. Yeah, this is, oh. This wasn't even that. Like, this was just dreadful. Um, And it never, ever made it to prom. Never. Like, the only prom we've seen was the prom she threw on for her drug knocked out, uh, the husband knocked out that she puts a fucking corsage on or puts a corsage on her wrist and fucking puts the one on him. Oh yeah. And he wakes up all confused. Like what the hell? And then it's like all decorated for prom outside on their patio. And she's like, and we'll be engaged at the end of this. And then meanwhile, the daughter has been picked up with a limo with one other kid. Her and her date are in a limo alone. Never would happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, like unless they were on their way to pick up more friends, but that's not the case. Right. And anyway. Oh, and, the, and then the conversation that she has in the limo with. Oh yeah. The mom uh, calls. Of the, the, mom, cousin. With, 
the mother of yeah of uh sienna the main character the killer and the mother is just like oh yeah she's crazy it's like you're the fucking mother why would you <laughs> what like you're just like oh yeah she's crazy i would be very careful around her it's like um maybe you'd be like oh yeah she's crazy you should call the cops or i'm gonna call the cops for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and then she's like no we gotta luck, i gotta go home and of course like the kid's like well i guess i'm going with you she's like you don't have to where else is the kid gonna fucking go he's in the right. limo with her <laughs> anyway. oh my god so they go back and they find that Sierra's tried to drown the father because of course he's rejected her prom proposal and this reenactment of prom and then being prom king and queen in her head and she shoves him into the pool and his daughter gets there just in time. I can't even get through this with a straight face and pulls him out of the pool and anyway and then he said she stabs the boyfriend who came in to help and then she's crying at the end it gets taken away and yeah. and then it, and then a couple weeks later they throw a real a, a fun prom for hannah in the backyard um because she missed she out missed on her it. prom yeah. night and everyone's okay everyone deals with trauma in this movie super well like everyone yeah. is just like dirt off the shoulder traumatic things happen and i just knew past it no problem you know the mother died in case you didn't know the mother died <laughs> and they handled that very well like they just didn't they seemed they seemed fine almost like the movie forgot that the mother died so they had to remind the children that the movie the mother died <laughs> the mother died like it was just anyway so don't watch killer prom no um, don't, don't do it it's painful ever. oh it is like the worst movie ever but it it talked about prom in, in a way that even after we watched it, we were like, well, this is so torturous. We got to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like we, we put ourselves through. We have to talk about it. It's our own fault. Yeah. It's our own fault. I, I am no, okay. It's my fault. It, I am no, <laughs> there's no one else to blame, but me. Um, but in all fairness, and I stand by this, I've seen other lifetime films that weren't this bad. So no, no I was going to um, say like, that's why I was excited. Cause I actually don't mind some of the lifetime. Like, like we saw one with Omar films. Epps last year. That wasn't too bad. Yeah, it was, it was just, fluffy fun like, it was fluffy fun right like i thought out oh, it'll be like that it will be fluffy and stupid and yeah that's you know, exactly what like, i was hoping right but this was just <laughs> it was bad it was this was bad. low budget bad even for lifetime like even for lifetime it was like they were they forgot they were filming this one like i think they just uh used most of the budget to film in the house yes they did and and rent that house i'm sure it was very expensive unless it was someone that owns lifetime's own house <laughs> yeah it you know what maybe that's it that's what the lifetime money's going to um fuck anyway Wow. So we Don't were going to originally movie. do My Bloody Valentine, which I did watch. Scott didn't get a chance to watch it, but they talk about a Valentine's Day dance, but they never actually go. No. So we didn't nope. do that one. And uh, we were going to do The Prowler, but Scott had reduced time and I saw Killer Prom and I'm like, well, it has prom in the name. You know, I, I assumed there was going to be like the cousin was going to show up at prom and cause all this drama. Right. Like, no, no, that's not what happened. But because yeah. we're short on time now, we had to go with this amazing 2020 film. So um out of our dark segment is going to be a spoiler review not a super long review of martyrs we're going to be looking at doing different things with out of the dark um because we i don't know we we found that with out of the dark we were trying to do all these like cool interesting topics and we'll do that too like if you know something's hot and going on in the horror community we'll talk about it we may do movie reviews we may do talking about a preview that we saw our trailer that's coming out so we'll give you know ample notice for spoilers so for out of the dark we are going to be talking about martyrs 2008 we will be providing spoilers not an extensive review but there will be some spoilers so if you haven't seen martyrs you've been warned yep yeah, because this movie, like, it just, 
it's been talked about a million times, but it's just, I, we need to talk about it and get it off our chest. So and, why don't you go first, Scotty? All right. So, yep. This film is, you know, notorious, like we've talked about earlier, like for being one of the more extreme of the French extreme films, like High Tension or Hot Tension and Inside and Ills and a couple others. Um, But this is the one that I had been holding off on because I've been waiting for the unrated version. I uh, never got a chance to see that. So we watched it for this and fuck, this movie is very very heavy and it's relentless from beginning to end like this movie just pretty much punches you in the face and doesn't stop for the hour and 48 minute runtime like it is just intense as shit from beginning to end and i i don't even know where to begin like but like i guess from the beginning like with the whole like uh i did not expect that to happen with the main character uh what was her name lucy yeah. Walking in the door and just fucking just shooting up that entire family. I think what I got when the parents were involved and we go further through the movie and we see the torture chambers that the parents yes. had in the house. Um, I felt for the children. I think the teenage son knew. Mm-hmm. I don't think the younger, was it a daughter? Yeah. yeah. I don't think the younger daughter did. But I think yeah, the I'm assuming son that. had an idea of what was going on. Um, the beginning torturing scenes, like watching children be tortured is hard enough. Yeah. Um, and you know, Anna, Lucy becoming friends with Anna and Lucy being totally afraid all the time speaks to the intensity of childhood trauma. Yes. Her breaking into that house and killing the family, you feel bad for at first, but as the movie moves along, and I'll give the movie a very good, like, high five for this. I got why she did what she did. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I will say, though, I am shocked that the daughter wouldn't know what's going on with Like the little one? Yeah, because... Okay, yeah, maybe you're right. Because of the... I'll say just because like they have literally this torture dungeon in their freaking basement where they have several women locked up. I guess I just assume that it's soundproof. I mean, yeah, it could be. And being a young child, she may not put it together yet. Um, that being said, I could be completely wrong. Like there's no proof of either way. Right. right. And that's not a big focus of it. I think to me, the gruesome kill and then the mother or Marie almost surviving, but then dying because Lucille, oh, sorry, Gabrielle. fucking head in. Right. And then you see this, the, the creature um and it's a psychological manifestation of guilt for leaving the other child behind who was also tortured with her so that's the yes. child that was left behind like this movie really speaks to abuse like it's it a really, really does like it's basically like this is how fucked up abuse is and you're gonna watch an hour and 48 minutes of it Non-stop. Um, and that's fine like that's that's fine but i think that you know, we talked about, I was in a work meeting the other day and we talked about having trigger warnings. And I know people always laugh at triggering, but for people that have been abused as a child, that's a fucking real thing. Okay. Like yeah. it's not funny. Child abuse isn't funny. And I, I definitely think this movie should probably come with a trigger warning because there is some intense violence in this uh, that may be hard for some people to stomach. Yeah, like even for this being rated R, I am shocked what they've shown because like the violence in this is very just graphic and intense and I can't even imagine what they cut off cut out to add back in for the unrated version because Yeah, well when they find the imprisoned woman named Sarah, like Oh, is that the one with the plating? That has the plate on her face and then she's removing the plate and Oh my god. I honestly and I don't care how this makes me sound. 
I had to look at that movie and go, you know what? Like Last House on the Left, they're like, repeat to yourself, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. Yes. I had to do that. I'm like, these are actors. This is a this is a costume. No one is actually being hurt. This is actors. Yes, because like out of all the scenes in that movie, it, when she's removing that plate, that made me the most uncomfortable and just like just felt so awful for that poor woman. And when like, Anna's being beaten, I had to repeat that to myself again. Yes, I had to be like, these are actors. This isn't real, Heather. This is not like, and I I don't care if that makes me sound whatever. It was hard to watch, and yeah. it was violent, and it was it was very well acted. Like, and that says a lot to the actors, to the directors, to deliver that kind of scene. But it affected me. Yeah, like this is a very like it's not an easy movie, no matter what. No. Like, like I had it built up to be way worse in my head, like as in like violence wise, mm-hmm. but you didn't need the violence to just feel punished for watching this. Like this just punishes the shit out of you and makes you feel in so many ways, like none of it's good, but this, this brings emotions out of you in like such raw power. Like I would like French, once again, the French know how to make you feel like, and aren't afraid to show you. And this movie goes through a different theme at the end. It goes to her being filleted. Anna is filleted. Yes. And she reaches the final stage where she enters a state that is euphoric and she's likened to achieve transience. And the Mademoiselle arrives eagerly and Anna whispers into her ear of what that stage is like. Yes. So and... it's like the idea of pain and then you have so much pain that you reach an area of euphoric, probably because the pain is ending, I would assume, and your body's yep. shutting down. Yeah, because it's basically what these people are trying to do. Because this is like a whole freaking like society of people that come to this house. And like they are trying to find the quote unquote martyr because they have found this. They have noticed that there are women especially are able to transcend to this by being pretty much on the brink of death and can see what is on the other side. And like, yeah. And whether that is seen on the other side or hallucinating. Yes, from all the pain that they're in that's you know another thing and so this film honestly this film is like a bunch of violence talking about child abuse the effects of trauma then to other effects of trauma which is believing you can have so much abuse that it becomes euphoric um it's a very heavy film it's only something the french could do (laughs) (laughs) right like the i i have not watched it i am kind of curious now but this was remade in the u like an american remake in 2015 and i hear it's pretty bad yeah i hear it's bad but i'm kind of curious to see like okay how can you even like compare like i, I don't yeah. even know how you even attempted this I'm, I'm i'm almost curious to see how they attempted it right um it has a 1.7 rating on letterbox <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think americans can't hit that rawness that the french can and um and will I this think- be if Sorry, go ahead. And I think they miss the point too a lot of the yes. time. Yes, yes. Like this has very much through the violence. There is a social political message here. Um, there is a discussion about death and euphoria that comes with that. I I understand all that. Would I watch it again? Probably not, uh, unless it was for a show or something that I was doing. Um, if you had to rate it, we don't usually give ratings, but we'll do it for the fact that we're doing a review here. Unless there's something else you wanted to add. Um, not really. Like, I think you've pretty much summed it all up. Like, this is just like an intense film. Like, I, I don't know any other word to put it, but like, this is just intense. And it deserves a lot of credit for acting and special effects, like the practical effects that are used in this with yes. Elaine and Sarah that's found tortured in that room and, and her fear. It reminded me of a scared animal. 
And I, I think that says to the acting and stuff. Like, honestly, whether I, I found this movie disturbing or not, it doesn't matter. It's it's well done. And I will yeah. give it 100% for that, you know? Um, and those are probably my closing comments on it. Yeah, what would you rate it? If we rate it out of 10, I would give it a 10 out of 10. I do feel like this is a solidly made film. I feel like the acting is out of this world. The dialogue is amazing. The practical effects, the directing, the ability to pull the emotion. Content-wise, it was a very hard watch for me. Probably wouldn't watch it again. But if this is someone's favorite film and they can watch it over and over again, you know, all the power to you. It's just for me, it was too hard. Uh, but yeah. definitely a 10 out of 10 quality made film. Yep. I And I'm actually right there with you. I put it on Letterboxd, a 5 out of 5, which would be a 10 out of 10 for me. Because, yeah. You cannot deny the the professional quality of this film and like the performances behind it and everything done about it. Like it's it's such a well done film. And yeah, it is a very hard subject to watch on screen unfold the way they show it that. Yeah, I probably will never rewatch this. Like maybe kind of like I did with a lot of those French films is maybe rewatch them seven, eight, ten years later Mm -hmm. just to kind of give a refresher on it. But, or mm-hmm. like you said, for a podcast. But uh, just to t- even give like an idea of how intense this film was, um, you know, my roommate, Tim, not big into horror films. So when he knew what, like that I was going to be watching some very fucked up films coming up for this next month, he's like, all right, I'm going to be staying in my room during these because I do not want to watch these. However, it was within the first 20 minutes I was watching it. And like, I have my sound system and it kicks the speakers kick out pretty intense sound. I got up to uh, do something in my bedroom real quick. And all I hear is Tim going, just to give you a heads up, I may try, you may start hearing my music from my bedroom. Cause he's like, just the sound of what I'm hearing from that movie is making me completely uncomfortable. He's like, I don't yeah. even have to watch it. And I, and he's like, I'm already unnerved. He's like, so I'm going to turn on the stereo to drown this out. Cause this is too much for me. Even like, wow. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. Right. And I think that's something that you need to know walking into this. Um, but you know, yet again, I, I would never credit, discredit someone for loving this movie. I would never discredit someone for disliking this movie, but I can't not, not, um, acknowledge the quality of the film. Right. Right. So like, this is a tough film, but like it deserves like praise for it's like quality and filmmaking. So that cap ends our out of the dark segment such a light and fluffy topic at the end as to go with proms we <laughs> right? really we really thought about how we could connect this we have some fun things coming up this month we're going to be recording our next controllers up cards down podcast yep. and that will be released soon we'll be doing also another legion uh patreon special uh yet again please go to whatever podcast service you use whether it's spotify podcast addict uh, Apple iTunes and find the Legion podcast network and hit subscribe. You'll get all of the awesome podcasts on there. And we will continue to release first on Patreon, our Patreon specials and still release it on Friday nightmares about a week or so later, but eventually we will not do that. So yep. please gonna... consider signing up to the Legion Patreon. It's called a tease people give you a sample. <laughs> let yes. you taste the goodness that is the Patreon <laughs> and then lure you in. And Scott and I will be having special guests on our Patreon episodes which makes it even more special and uh we'll be doing lots of cool things our most recent one was with mr brandon orlick from the exploding heads podcast and we did top five anthologies so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet it's on our page and it's on the legion podcast uh network so please download and check it out yep please do it it was a very fun episode to record and much more happier than this one yes at the end 
Um, yeah. But the rest of it was fine. So this anything- one, this one did not have a happy ending. <laughs> well, <laughs> Scott had a happy ending because he, he gets turned on by martyrs. Um, oh, oh. oh, oh, Tim Davis is like, I knew it. Um, <laughs> I got a Scott Crawford, Tim Davis. So is there anything that you need to say before we peace out there, Scotty? Uh, yes, I do. Heather, will you go to prom with me? Yeah, uh, yet again, as long as the other things are in place. And you don't have that really creepy mustache that you had when you were 16. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a caterpillar crawled up and died on your face. I'm not going. Fair enough. <laughs> your beard and this look that you got now, this is full evolved smoke show. Yes. I have evolved like a Pokemon. You have. You're like super Pokemon. <laughs> so we we'll uh, look forward to seeing you guys next time. I don't even know what we're doing next time. I don't know. We're doing something good. I forget all the time. Yeah. Well, we're, we're you know, you know, we just kind of wing it. Yeah, we do. We have lists of things and we talk about it. And then we get on the show. We're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Even though we do have a plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we just don't know what order the plan is going to be. In. We have no idea. It's always like, we'll just see what happens. All we know is we got some cool shit coming out this month. So please check it out. And in the meantime, what do you have to say to the good people, Scotty? Unpleasant dreams. But also, did you know our mom died? <laughs> Prom night. Prom night. Everything is all right. All right. And that's it. We're out.